Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is stuck in traffic. Oh, that's depressing. That's the like he's not even just traveling or on a secret mission like he's been in the past months. He's just stuck completely in traffic. But the show must go on. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 276. 276. Wow. Yeah, I know. And, nice. Uh, yeah. And this week we we're talking Logan, the uh, the the third chapter in the the Wolverilogy, as I've been calling it. I've never called it that until just now. And um, <laughs> the tenth entry in the X Men saga, and the final chapter of Hugh Jackman working out like a crazy person to keep an insane amount of shape to play this character. Uh, joining us tonight, we have from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. Not driving any interesting limo fares compared to James Howlett. It's Brandon Peters. Hello, hello. Thanks for thanks for. Uh, it's weird to be here. Um, we're not going to be watching the movie at all. We're going to be just, I guess, talking about yeah, it. I like to mix it up with you every now and then. That's yep. <laughs> the curveball. Also joining us for the for the first time on this podcast from the Milky Way Blues, currently reviving from Weapon X treatments. It's Yancey Burns. Hi, how's it going, Yancey? Here. All right. Good to be here. Exciting. Very exciting. Good. Good to have you. Good to have you on the show. First time. Always good to get new uh, new guests on the podcast. New blood. How are how are yeah. the two of you doing tonight? Pretty good. 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 That's that. That's the right way to be. I would say. That's the, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want to get people on this podcast that aren't feeling good. So it's fantastic. You know, if, <laughs> we're talking about movies. I always feel good. Good. That's that's the kind of attitude I like here. That's a, that's how you that's it's how you true. that's how you get that's how you get to come back to the podcast. That's one it's way. True. The real way is winning the games, but we'll get to that way later. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep you on your toes with that one. But oh, yeah, good to have you guys on here. Good to have a new guest. Good to have a, a general commentator on for an actual episode of the show. Do you know, Brandon, do you know when the last time you were on an episode of the show was? Oh, man. Like a regular I, episode? <laughs> I can't remember. It, has, uh, it wasn't this year. I know that. <laughs> no, this is, yeah, uh, gosh. I, I know I did like one or two last year, but yeah. always, it's always kind of random. Wasn't you it, guys I, do the uh, yeah. commentaries, right? Yeah, once a month so, we do a yeah. commentary track, yes. I almost came to do to, with the Attack of the Clones, but I yeah. didn't go, so I didn't go. I really regret missing that. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun time. That was a good commentary. Well, clones got attacked. Yeah. Was pretty... Once again, yeah. To, prov- to provide some background, uh, Yancey is friends with a friend of the show, Peter Paris, and oh, we are in, uh, initially going to get Peter and Yancey on for this episode, but he's <laughs> whatever, that guy. We don't. I got Brandon here, which is like two Peters. Yes, I would right. Wow. Because his last name is Peters. It makes Plural. sense. It, like it, uh, it was <laughs> wordplay. Uh, but <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to some... Enough of this nonsense. Let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, uh, commentary track. Speaking of that, uh, it's March. It's a new month, which means that we're going to have a new commentary track coming. We haven't determined what we're going to do yet, but that's probably something we should figure out this week since it's almost going to be the middle of March. Um, we got some time, though. Yeah. We'll figure something out. 
Uh, but yeah, that that happened, and there will probably be at least one of these guests on that podcast. So there you go. Guess which one? If you do Revenge <laughs> of the Sith. Let me know. Right, we we wait till December to do Star Wars commentaries. Don't you don't you worry. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. All right. Yes. I'll be around. And given that we're gonna have a Star Wars movie every year, we'll never run out of material for that. So. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, we had an Oscar wrap-up show last week, uh, which was a lot of fun to record. Abe, my lovely girlfriend Anna, and Mark Hoban joined um, for the uh, uh, an episode recorded almost, almost directly after the Oscars had ended. So if you haven't listened to that show already, that came up. We put that up pretty quickly. We're pretty happy with the, the speed of, of turnaround on that one. So uh, feel free to check that out. A lot of high energy in that episode. It is, it is episode 276, as I said, which means we're getting close to 300. I, I wrote that in my notes. Um, so I, that's just basically a general reminder for me to say, hey, Abe and I need to come up with something special to do for episode 300. So keep that in mind. Something will happen. On the way to, uh, on the way to, out at 300. Yeah, yeah. On the way to 365, where you'll have an episode for every day. Oh, yeah. We're, we're trying to get that Simpsons record. That's what we've been <laughs> aiming for ever since starting. Um, last... They keep going and you keep going. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like to think that we're in a good like season like six Simpsons range right now. Like it's just nothing yes. but good stuff weekly. Like it's always great. Uh, let's see, iTunes views and ratings good to get those helps out the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now There and Abe. You don't even have to type out the whole title. We're that popular. You can type out most of that and it will come up. You can go. You can find our show. Give us a star rating. That'd be great. You can write us a review. That'd be even greater. That'd be great. It'd help bump us up in the uh, the iTunes charts, and someday we'll make it on the iHeartRadio awards that are happening right now as I speak, uh, which is something Abe and I have always aspired to. Um, and if you type "get out now," you'll get last week's episode. There you, there you go. <laughs> oh man, that 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 should have been what I said last week. Uh, we don't. So why we need this is why we need twice the Peter on every week. We can get those puns. There we go. Um, all right, <laughs> let's uh, let's stop making fun of Peter. Let's get to uh, know everybody. Each week, we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast to better get to know everybody. There's no Abe here to back me up on that. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be all right. All right. Talk myself through it. Okay. Here we go. I have a question for you guys. What is your favorite series finale, be it a film or a TV show? Oh, boy. What just wrapped up just right for you in, like, every way? I, I you know, came, coming right to mind... Uh, I really liked uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, really wrapped up the original crew quite well, even though Kurt continued on for another movie and some of them would uh, end up guest starring on various TV spinoff series. But that was a, it felt like it was a very satisfying conclusion by the end of it. And it like they brought Nicholas Meyer back, who did Wrath of Khan, which is you know the most popular one, and it was the best, probably the best movie since. Uh, just really gets the characters where they're at, and it just, the end just felt, Perfect. And that one came to mind right away. This has nothing to do with anything you just said. I like your answer, even though I'm not too familiar with Star Trek to really appreciate it. Um, but, <laughs> but you said Nicholas Meyer, which made me think he did Time After Time, which is now a TV show, which is like, talk about a thing that didn't, that, you know, had closure in a movie form. This is a weekly series about this now, but all right. Oh, I just yeah. saw Time After Time movie. So great. <laughs> That's a fun, it's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a wonderful movie. Time and and time. now it's going to be a weekly series, which is like, all right. That's. Does that, mean you, does that mean? Wait, that's coming now. Yeah, there's yeah ABC's time after time, 
where yeah, mm-hmm. where where Jack the Ripper and H.G. Wells travel around time and apparently have weekly adventures where Jack the Ripper presumably kills somebody horribly. H.G. Wells is like, oh, missed him again. Next week's show. I thought they just <laughs> stole the title. I had no idea that was based on time. After yeah, it's time. actually based off the show. Time uh-huh. after time. All right. Yeah. Huh. It feels like a one-shot story. I don't know. Yeah, it does. But you know, here we are. Great movie. Anybody who hasn't seen that, time after time. 1979, fantastic. It's on Warner Archive Blu-ray, which I have. They do yeah. they do a great job, Warner Archive, man. Oh, oh they man, do. And them. now they're they're starting to they're starting to uh, sublicense out to Criterion too for things. So oh, pretty exciting are. time. Yeah. Warner is. Yeah, they just did uh, Mildred Pierce. I got um, that. I yeah, some of them are. Uh, yeah, Warner's starting to be okay with Criterion. As yeah, right and now, so. Sun, one of the Before Sunrise movies too is Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That's a fun. That's a fun. I can understand why that took. So, we're so off topic. I can understand why that took so long because one's Warner, one's what? Um, yeah, uh, Castle Rock. Castle Rock, and like, yeah. and the and uh, and uh, Before Midnight is is um, Sony. <laughs> so it's like they're all over the place. It is, I'm telling you, it's the golden age of Criterion right <laughs> now. Right now. <laughs> Well, not off topic. Before midnight, if that ends up being the final one, it's pretty Ooh. satisfying conclusion. I would say so. Sure. Yeah, although I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put it past Linklater to. to, to nope, he's to, already itching. To, they, they, he had interviews about this Blu-ray set, and they're like, "Does this mean that's final?" He goes, "Well, I've got another like five years or so." Let's just say you're gonna have to do a Criteria double dip as he rubs his hands together. Well, just start yeah, calling, start ever- calling them after. And then make another three, oh, and then you, you have a different trilogy. Mm-hmm. So like after sunrise, after sunset, after midnight. There what, you go. What an amazing achievement that would be if you have like really old Ethan Hawke who still looks like forty years old Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy like together for three more of these movies. You watch like Ethan Hawke grow up on film like in two different ways. We get the before uh, movies and then Boyhood. It's pretty interesting. I was trying to yeah, think of that. Pretty... What's that vampire movie that he's in? Um, oh, the uh, Daywalkers. Daywalkers. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was trying to... Daybreakers, Daybreakers, that's what it is. I was trying to make a Daybreaker joke, I couldn't think of one, but I wanted to reference it just for the sake of it. Um, <laughs> just to throw in my own answer, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of The Shield. Um, I think The Shield had a really terrific uh, finale, as far as TV goes. Like, I'm trying to think of a movie one that's like... I'm yeah, I can't think of a movie one, because almost every series gets sort of worse as it goes along. It's hard to or it's, or, or, it, like it, or it continues after... Because like, like I, said, I said Star Trek Six, but it really... Yeah. It's... Isn't isn't because there's still open ended you know stories that happen following it, including you, those characters. You know what? I'll throw this out there. Um, d- despite its flaws, I think Godfather Three's like final ten minutes are pretty fantastic. It's an underrated movie. It's, it's a know, meme it's, that's been going around for twenty years. It's a it's not as good as the first two, but it's a very good movie. It's Come not on. greatness, but it's still a good movie. But I, yeah. it's but, still I, very... but it's specifically those la- the, like the la- the the wrap up of that film is pretty. I mean, besides the whole the like ending, there's action the and there's emotion, but just the idea of um, Corleone be like, where is his final place alone by himself? Oh, yeah, like old it's, man it, with a feeling over. And... Yeah. Yeah. No one's around. Amazing moment. Amazing moment. I wish that would. That, I wish that sort of idea that was terrible would go away because it's not terrible. It's not. It's not. I've. I've always. I. I went in when I first saw Godfather Three. I was, you know, warned how bad it was. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, do I suck at <laughs> knowing movies? Because I kind of enjoyed it. I, I liked where the story went. Um, that scene uh, with the shootout, the in the building where they're all at the meeting. That's oh, the helicopter thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like the idea Call of calling. <laughs> I like I like calling Joe Joe Montano, uh Joey Zaza. Zaza. Yeah. Zaza. Oh, yeah. Zaza. It's a, people aren't very good at handling when something isn't isn't as good. It's always great or it sucks. 
you know, you're talking about two of the greatest movies ever, and then a third one that's really, really good, but not as great. It shouldn't be tossed out the window. I mean, you know, there's some great stuff in there. It's because of it's because of his daughter, but you know, I mean, that's just a sort of weakness of the movie. But mm. I don't know. Always liked it. Mm-hmm. I think we've yeah, I, I think we've handled this question with a plum, guys. So that's... I didn't even answer. <laughs> do, do you have one? Um, I was just gonna say easy, easy one for me is Mad Men. I thought that stayed on target. The no, whole Mad Men. Oh. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah. Yeah. A Breaking Bad. That was great too. Yeah. Break, too. Breaking Bad's so good that it ended through two episodes before it actually ended. Like that's how good that ending is. Where it's like well, here, yeah, here's two more that are epilogues essentially, but Ozymandias. That's a, that's an amazing like episode of oh yeah closure no, that's for great, a while. But that's with the ended. shootout, right? Yes. No. No. The, yeah. uh, or yes, with uh, yeah, and the yes. I love when he stranded up with Robert Forster in that cabin in the woods. That one to me is fantastic. Oh, that's good. well. I mean, the funny thing was Breaking Bad. It ended like kind of as you'd expect, but it felt earned and like satisfying going that way you know they didn't try to just defy that's the trick how do you fire that arrow in the pilot and last as long as the series needs to last and then hit the target at the end most people can't yeah. do it for a couple shows that have yeah those two are both great endings i'll also just throw a bone to sopranos because i love that finale i don't care what oh yeah that was good that was great that was good all right <laughs> that's how you play no everybody let's uh let's move on now let's get down now quickies each looking out now, we have one main movie a week that we talk about. But we just have those movies that we during that. So don't get cookies. You'll get used to that because I say it fast. All right, let's start with Brandon. Brandon, have you seen any other movies recently? I, I mean, I've seen plenty. Um, that you know, with reviewing and stuff. New wise, aside from the obvious stuff in the, the theaters, it was. Just, uh, I had a review of Blu-ray of a Steven Seagal film. Ooh. Um, you could. Oh, I don't even have. Hold to on, let me stand up. Hold on, there's a new Steven Seagal film. Give, give me a second. There's one of you know he does like eight a year. Um, one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. But um, I'll just yeah we'll plug like earlier the before trilogy Blu-rays that recently came out and uh, the Mildred Pierce from Criterion, which are fantastic pickups. Oh, they are. I reviewed the Mildred Pierce Blu-ray on uh, on Why So Blue. It's a it's a lot of. Cool bonus. There's like a whole like documentary about Joan Crawford on there, which is yeah. Yeah. There's that, and I like the two critics talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. I mean, those. Yeah, those it's guys. still in cellophane, but I plan to to enjoy it. Yeah. See, how about you? Have you seen any other movies uh, recently? Any other movies other than Logan? Yeah. Oh gosh, did I find? I caught up with a few more Oscar movies. I saw Loving, and I saw Nocturnal Animals. Oh, you know what I saw and liked. And here's where I'm going to make a name for myself. Well, you liked it too, Aaron. I really liked uh, Rules Don't Apply, the Warren Beatty movie yeah. that, that just made like 10 cents and nobody liked it. I thought for my money, no, I was def- I definitely went in watching it feeling bad for him because of the Oscars. And I was in his corner. But when it started, I was like, this movie is much more my kind of Hollywood fantasy than La La Land, which I didn't love. I thought it was OK, but I wasn't blown away by it. This thing I thought was very sweet. And Alden Ehrenreich and Lily Collins and the leads are just tremendous, and it's a sweet little movie. I really liked it. I, I mean, I think the, the sort of the, the, the stomping it got was pretty unfair. I liked it more when it's in, like, screwball comedy mode, like its first half. When it gets, right. when it gets into, Hughes is so idiosyncratic, he doesn't even like to do anything except yell at people in the dark. Like, it's like, all right, that's fun too, I guess, but not as much fun. But uh, no, it, it has more merits for me than it has flaws. Uh, that's so I yeah. And well. that sh- and let me just sound, I'm gonna sound lame. That should have won the best song of the year. I don't even know what one song of the year, but that should have been the song of well, the year. You guys hate the movie. It's a la 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 la. It's a city of stars. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. I would. I, it would have been nice to see. I mean, 
I've been saying for weeks that drive it like you stole it. Should you know that should have been the Oscar winner no contest for me, but but um, so, I, I was surprised that yeah a Warren Beatty Hollywood movie didn't get like at least a nomination for best song. But you know guys, the empty chair. We all you know we're just not, we can't stop singing that from st- that Sting song that everyone saw in that documentary that everyone can't stop watching the, the James Foley story. I like how I make fun of it even though I know it by heart now because I've like said it so many times. The empty chair, guys. Oscar nominee. I've got, I've got it. I've got it on in the background right now. I tapping, tapping the toes. I was gonna, I was gonna add it onto the uh, our Oscar prediction episode, and I started listening to it on iTunes. I'm like, nope, don't care, and I stopped, and I did not do that. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Um, yeah, uh, I've seen a couple things that I'm gonna make mention of. First up, I saw the documentary "Beware the Slender Man," which is on HBO. Oh, I want to see that. Uh, oh yeah, that okay. Yeah, I know that one. That's yeah. It is. It's much longer than I expected. It's almost two hours, um, and it focuses on the the kind of the, the the internet myth of the Slender Man. If you're not aware of the Slender Man, you can probably find a number of videos, or there's games as well, where it's essentially this creepy tall person that you stumble across randomly in like the woods or any various location. It's like this. It's kind of like an urban legend based on the. But the documentary, it while it examines where the you know the culture around it and where it came from, it mainly goes into a an actual case that happened where two girls, two young girls, uh, were involved in a attempted murder because they believe that Slenderman told them to do it, um, which is you know that's upsetting for a number of reasons. Um, and it's it's an okay doc, like overall. Like I, I I was mainly interested just because I was curious about you know the cults of the Slenderman essentially, like where what the the origins of this were, like how it's kind of became this quote unquote viral sensation of sorts. I, I was interested for that reason, and the fact that it had this kind of built narrative around it involving this 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 uh, this murder case, this attempted murder case. It's like oh okay, I didn't see that coming, and so like it it's it's fine for that reason. If it was a, it was a, if it was just shorter and focused purely on this thing that probably would have intrigued me more but as a doc overall i was like okay it's all right uh, the other thing i saw is the other new release of the week or one of the other new releases of the week before i fall uh, which is uh, which i i knew nothing about this going in except for the fact that it had a time loop as like its gimmick um but this the film stars zoe dutch of uh, speaking of richard linklater of everybody wants some um love her she's great and she plays a, a high so she she went from vampire academy to college and back to high school for before i fall uh where she plays uh one of uh she's she's essentially in a, in a clique of mean girls and they get into a car accident and instead of being like oh i'm you know dead or something instead she wakes up and repeats the same day over and over again does that sound familiar i think it does um but so the Sounds fresh yep but am i wrong to assume this is nicholas is this nicholas sparks it's not because it's not a love story it's more of a uh, oh how, how can my life be different kind of story um, the title really i thought that was a nicholas before sparks. i fall certainly sounds like right. it's before, yeah yeah and you can you can interchange that with a number of different things uh, I will say this though, it's not bad for like as far as why it is. It is based off a novel. It is based off a YA novel, and I will say as far as YA novel adaptations go, it's not bad. I mean the time loop thing, it's been done, but I you know it's it's there's lots of things that have been done that keep getting done. And for this one, I've seen the time loop done. You know, funny for like Groundhog's Day or you know Hitchcockian with source code or to blockbuster extensive like Edge of, Edge of Tomorrow. But uh, I haven't seen you know the the, the high school drama version of it, which you know obviously we, everybody was clamoring clamoring for. There's like I'm sure there's like a pinwheel and and romantic drama and time looper right on there. There's uh, a check next to that bucket list. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, <laughs> for for what it's doing for the audience, it's going for. I think it's effective enough. Like it has 
some shortcomings. Mainly the solution to the time loop seems very obvious to me, but I still I think the the kind of the second half when she kind of works into this time loop and kind of starts getting into the what could I do if I was in a time loop sorry like situation like it it, it overall it, it works fine it works fine so my she's own. a daughter of, of Leah Thompson right yes I found that out last week on the show when Abe said so so yeah that's... yeah I was when I was yeah. watching everybody wants him I was like who is she she's really charming and great and then later on I found out she was the daughter of well Howard Deutsch right and, and yes Leah director Thompson. Howard Deutsch of yep. uh, the whole 10 yards kind of wonderful and <laughs> the whole 10 yards that's what I like to go with on that one but it's like it's, nice. it's almost like regeneration. It's nice to see that. Like I guess I'm old yeah. enough now to see that Leah Thompson's daughter is also, you know, wonderfully charming and adorable. And in a time she travel movie. Time travel. And she was in Why Him movie. as well. She's she's already done a movie with James Franco. Yep. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was out of quickies. TM. Let's uh, move on now. Let's get to our uh, let's get to trailer talk. Where we discuss one of the numerous movie trailers of the week when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. And this week we have a new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, I think, fitting because I don't think we actually talked about the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Technically, this is the third. I guess. There was like a preview thing, and then there was an actual trailer, and now there's a full, whatever. Regardless. There's like a Super Bowl thing. There's a Super Bowl thing, too, and TV spots, everything. Marvel, 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 right? That's where else. But, um, yeah, so we have. It's a good thing they're advertising this movie, because I'm not sure people are going to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a good point. But, uh, yes, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, the you know the second the second volume obviously of the Guardians of the Galaxy, they got that made right there with the volumes. You can just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Subt- yeah. Subtitles not required, guys. We don't need any Guardians of the Galaxy colon Star Lord's cassette tape returns. We can just go with the volumes. Um, but with all that said, let's uh, let's get let's get start with Yancy. Yancy, any thoughts on the trailer for this? Any th- any thoughts on this trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, it, it looks great. Uh, you know, it looks from the trailer like they've got that lightning in the bottle again, you know, which is all they have to do is capture that same effervescence that was in that first one. I still can't believe they made a successful movie based on Guardians of the Galaxy, and now I can't believe it's another one. It's amazing what they can do, and that's one of the best ones, that first one. From the trailer, it looks it looks solid. I'd love to see Kurt Russell, of course, and I'd love to see how they do that ego character, if that's indeed if he actually is the human planet, that, that'll be interesting. Was that a spoiler? That I can't spoil a trailer, can I? I don't think you can. All right. And I don't think I don't I don't think something that's like known comic book knowledge for years. So I would say anyone hearing question is, is the is the uh, oh, I love the use of the Fleetwood Mac song, the chain, which is great to imply that the group is going to have stress just like Fleetwood Mac. Great idea. And uh, I'm just wondering, is the group is group going to be baby group the whole time? I'm sure that'll be wonderful. But I'm just curious from the trailer. You can't tell. How about you, Brandon? Any any uh, any thoughts on the trailer? I mean, you're I like you're excited about this movie without the trailer, and and the trailers just confirm that hey, magic is still here at least within like character interactions and you know, Kastner parts, and they look to promise to give us more Yondu and Nebula as well. Yes, and and, um, yeah, the chain. When I I had heard they were using that uh, in the movie, and and I until now the trailer I been imagining like what parts of the song are they going to use and i was like if i was editing it i'd use this and they did they the, the exact part, same comes in with the bass, yeah. they built everything together and it works you know really awesome it's gonna be it's just one of those movies that and you know i'll eat my words in the end but it's like well this looks pretty great and then you go see it it's like yep that was pretty great <laughs> and then we go on like it, it's that's, it's, mo- that's like this what they've earned awesome. you know yeah, it seems like this one's almost untouchable. Like it's you just have a confidence because it seems like unlike a lot of the other filmmakers within the Marvel 
um, wheelhouse, they let James Gunn kind of do what he wants, and that's, that's it. a yeah. good thing right now. We, we've talked about I mean, that a lot on the podcast, the kind of the identities these filmmakers are allowed to have in the MCU. Um, not much not much but i mean but, uh, but i think it, it showed it showed more in the early stage where you had joe johnston and kenneth Branagh, where they're guys that have you know they've had experience making films and you get you get a sense of what they're trying to do here and that's why i think the first avenger and thor and certain other ones that i can if we really want to delve into it have a, a level of visual identity that others don't which is i mean which yeah. which is not to say but that they don't have a star they really lack visual language cinematic language though like definitively yeah. like on purpose almost we well, don't the, understand that the cohesion to make it the big universe is clunkier in in those two films with the the bookends of Captain America and then the the Hawkeye scene in Thor aren't as smooth right. as they've made those since. Yeah. But the the film there's more like Captain America definitely has more of a style and an identity to it that it's just, that's its own than well, yeah. the other a lot of the other films. Well, it helps that it's a period film too, and, and but like right. just look at New York in that movie where it and like the world's there the Starks Fair whatever it's called the World's Fair that they go to where the like Starks thing like there's just the whole like it almost looks like what Tomorrowland I thought was going to be more of in that scene it's it's, it's just oh, right. yeah yeah uh, it's like it's almost like the James Bond movies what you're saying though that they have to keep a consistent tone which is why they never hired Quentin Tarantino or Steven Spielberg to direct to direct the Bond because. It would stand out. I think that is also affecting a little bit the Marvel movies. But you're right, Guardians of the Galaxy feels like feels more like an auteur movie by James Gunn than it does another thing to fit into this. Yeah, it's funny how far theory. how far sarcasm goes for for these things because that's it. it reminds, it's just great yeah. characters that you just want to yeah. see. You could watch them interact forever. They're, they're and it's also good, you know? I know we're talking about trailer. It's also got a great poster. Which oh I'm, yeah, you know I don't think I, a lot of modern posters. I'm not like oh I want to put that on my wall. The, uh, of the traditional, like the the real official posters, I'm not talking about like Mondo posters yeah. and stuff like that. But the official ones, this one, I'm like, oh, I kind of really, I like the original, the original, you know, Guardians poster, and I think this one might have outdone it. Even it's just it's pretty cool, pretty cool, I, it's colorful. And... I, I will say oh, yeah, that, about the, about yeah. the trailer because I haven't given my thought. I mean, it's yeah, I I agree with you guys. I would say the previous best use of the chain. In some kind of media, I think was on the Americans. Actually, <laughs> that an episode where they yeah. used the chain was like, oh, I never saw. I've but, never seen the Americans. But um, Americans use music like amazingly. Yeah. This this is mainly really. just a reason for me to plug the Americans because it starts again this week and it's you know it's a fantastic show. Um, but um, when it ends, I'll watch the whole thing. Yeah, I guarantee it. There you go. But uh, as far as the trailer, there's there's uh, well one thing. There's almost no story in this trailer. Like, there's you have very little idea of what's going on, which I like. Good point. That's yeah. you know that's a highlight for me as far as. You know, these movies that you know you're going to go see where you don't have to know everything about what's going on. You just get a lot of context-free character interaction, which is like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to see this? This is just more of these people I like. And um, But as far as what I'm most excited about this movie, uh, we mentioned The Chain several times. The soundtrack is going to be stellar. Like, I can't wait to get oh, yeah. this soundtrack. And we don't even know what's on it, but you just assume that's like it's going to just go well. I thought I saw it. Didn't I see a track list somewhere? Maybe I'm imagining that. Yeah, he doesn't. he does not fall prey to that same... The, the thing like in the DC movies where they use all the most ob- I mean like the most obvious Creed and song the most obvious oh yeah Doris, yeah, yeah that's like, that Suicide Squad soundtrack no one had heard before you <laughs> yeah know? right like, I want you I mean people who I want you back but when they blasted I want you back at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy it just sounded so great it was just like you just leave just in love with the movie because of just that that sort of sense of fun and the dancing well, I mean, group or whatever Guardians were locked into the seventies we've got a specific era a specific kind of, of music like where Suicide Squad was like all over the map just like they you know this this is great you know there was like Eminem and then there was the other like 
Exactly. I, I, you know what? When I when I finally saw Suicide Squad, I was like, well, I think they're probably just aiming it at a certain age of people that don't really know these songs. That must be it. It's more, it's yeah. annoying to me. Like Watchmen had the same thing where you use the sounds of silence. It's like, come on. Yeah. It's a great song, but there's so many other great Simon and Garfunkel songs. There's a lot. There's a lot Logan, of like, Logan, well, yeah. There's a lot. Logan of uses that that stupid. It's a great song, but it uses the same Johnny Cash song as, as Dawn of the Dead. Like, there's so many other Johnny Cash songs. Why does he use that one? Sorry, it's getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'll say one more thing about the Guardians here, then we'll move on. The 8K camera that they're using for this thing, look, I mean, just seeing the trailer, just seeing the trailer on my computer looks amazing. The There's so much, mm-hmm. like, smoothness on, like, Chris Pratt's face or, like, the designs of these creatures that we're seeing that it just astounds me. It's like, this, this looks amazing just from a, not even just, like, the the, the, the cinematography, but just the the, the the actual product of what you've got because you use this camera. Like, I'm very excited to see what this movie looks like in an extended period of time because of how smooth everything looks, which given that we're in an age where, I mean, Brandon, you have a 4K setup, where we're in an age where mm-hmm. you can really you can really parse out the differences between a, you know, the films based off how how their effects were rendered. This movie looks like it's just ready to go. Like, it's like they, they know what they're right. doing with this. And I'm excited that they've afforded Guardians of the Galaxy of all movies. Like, we're going to try these 4K or these 8K cameras out on this thing. It was really make it sing for a space opera. That's going to be amazing. Well, yeah, it's the one that's going to show most with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably got the most visual effect. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, the Earthbound Avengers movies still have a ton of visual effects. But, you know, being up in space, these are the ones that are really going to show going forward in, like, the home market with 4K presentations and probably 8k in a near future that it'll really show you know guardians of the galaxy i, I just I, I'm, the trailer makes me it, it's nice to know when a movie just looks like it's going to be good and you don't have to worry about it like you don't have to worry about guardians of the galaxy too i'm sure you can just pay your 20 bucks and it's two hours of enjoyment yeah it's nice because so many movies you work guys it's gonna be any good it's, it's like with the old pixar movies where you just know they're gonna be good because you know they don't waste your time well, like, on the opposite end we had like the alien covenant trailer where you're like okay but you know, catnip for me. I really love Prometheus. I think I'm the only person. Probably no, I like. I like Prometheus. I'm a big fan of Prometheus. We're in a good podcast, guys. Yeah. More horror. <laughs> but it's just it's Ridley Scott doing it. How can it not be good? I mean, how can it not be good? The only time mm-hmm. it, those movies ever really suck is when someone else was doing them, sort of. But like, how can it not be? It, it looks good. It's got a good cast and like. It, it doesn't. I didn't think I was going to get another movie after Prometheus anyway, so it's just gravy. But I'm excited. That is a good trailer too, by the way. I did. We we're we talking about trailers. That that Prometheus. They. I mean, yes, it's you know, hey, we're doing Alien, but you know, it's 2017, so we're doing Alien. But at the same time, there's right, a great, there's a great cast there, and like he, mm-hmm. there's the, that shot of the alien like banging his face on the glass. That last shot. It's like right, yeah. It's like yeah, all right. Like I'm seeing it, but I've seen it. I know what it looks like. I don't need to be. I don't need to be annoyed that I'm seeing so much of the alien. I know what an alien looks like. It's been around for 40. 50, right. 50, 40 years. Like it's been around. If it were directed by anybody else, I would not be enthused. But I think he's done some good movies lately. Not all of the stuff he's done, but I think he, he, he's some, done some fine work in the last five or six years. Certainly. Well, he's coming off The Martian rather than coming off the counselor. There. He's like, well, uh, I guess. Let's, let's see. Hey, the counselor's fantastic. 20, 20, let's see. Yeah. Prometheus is 2012, so he's coming off Robin Hood, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Robin Hood was dull, and the the Moses one, what I saw, yeah. it was kind of Exodus dull, is but... not, not, a, not a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, right. But I mean, I really liked uh, I, I really liked Prometheus, and I really liked uh, The Martian, and I really liked. I know the con- the, the, the counselor is divisive, but I think it's terrific. I mean, I think it's one of the bleakest movies ever made, which is for me is a compliment. 
So with all that said, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 comes out May 5th. Um, I believe Alien Covenant comes out, what, uh, May 21st, if I'm not, 21st, 22nd? Let me see. It's a holiday one. Yeah, it's the... I think. Well, it's like the weekend. Let me see it right here. I got it. May 19th. There it is. That's the Friday. Okay. I was trying to think of the Friday. Um, so, yeah. Sorry if I'm giving you guys a little too much. I've never done one of these it's before. All, no. we, hey, your, your excitement <laughs> is, is is what keeps our podcast going. That's that's what we thrive but on. Just tell me to shut up if I'm just going and going. That's for the listeners to do in the comment section. I'm kidding. Oh, our listeners are great. Um, but, uh, all right. With all that excitement out of the way, let's move on to, our, to the bleak chapter that is our movie review for Logan. like you very much like you i am not whatever it is you think i am she needs our help someone will come along someone has come along this is what life looks like people who love each other a home you should take a moment. Feel it. You still have time. That should have been some of the trailer for Logan. Hugh Jackman has achieved a rare feat. He has spent the last 17 years playing the same character without being recast or skipping a film. In addition to launching his Hollywood career in 2000 with X-Men, the man has also been able to become a true movie star, proving his mutant-like abilities as a singer, dancer, romantic lead, dramatic star, and more. With Logan, Jackman once again finds himself bulked up as the mutant with adamantium claws, doing his best to be something of a rebel. This time Wolverine finds himself in a near-future setting free of mutants, free of new mutants. Circumstances led to he and an older, more mentally unstable Professor X going on a road trip with a runaway in an attempt to escape some evildoers. This journey may prove to be another defining adventure for the Canadian rage machine, but one thing's for sure, a lot of people are going to get hurt. Let's start with Brandon. Where, where have you been with the, the Wolf, specifically the Wolverine trilogy? And what did you think of Logan? Uh, I, Origins Wolverine is... My least favorite of all the X-Men movies, um, but I I can't, I'm a person, I like to find what I can enjoy out of something rather than just find the easy negatives, and yeah, yeah. Th- there's there is some stuff to, to uh, take from uh, the first Wolverine movie. Uh, I really, really, and as time passes and the more I watch it, I, I really like the Wolverine, the, you know, the samurai one. Mm-hmm. I There's some really good stuff in there. Granted... Yes, the, the end's a bit off from what we were led to in the beginning of the movie, or for you know first three quarters. But I, I, it's fine. It's it's been good enough to that point. I'll take it. And you know, I just re- I really enjoy that movie a lot. And uh, you could actually you could you could dump Origins and have a Wolverine trilogy with the Wolverine, Days of Future Past, and Logan if you wanted. I can see Granted, that. it makes Logan even more depressing because yes. he <laughs> saved the future then. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I I enjoy that they can just, they do that, where they're just like, you know what, we can just do this one-off story to put our character, uh, to, to have our character write off um, how he could want it and uh, on a high note because we could just tell this story and not have to worry about things. Where th- This movie kind of wants you to think that anything that's happened in the 
films of the past might not be exactly how it went down. Through the there's usage of, usage of X Men comic books in this movie, which I think is them trying to be like, well, you know, we have been very loose with this continuity, and maybe because it's being told in a way that's like you know Star Wars Legends. El- it's Elseworlds. Elseworlds, yeah. <laughs> kind of. It is. Maybe not all the facts, but I I really think uh, Logan is because it's allowed to be its own thing is very successful. It's it's I. I really enjoyed it a lot. I saw it twice um, this week, and it picks and pieces together from a lot of old uh, other movies I've enjoyed. Um, you know, with westerns, road tripping, um, different different things. Uh, the performances, of course, which is what I mean. This movie's getting praised for is like, oh, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart are great. But I want to throw it out to Stephen Merchant, who I thought was actually pretty terrific oh, yeah. here. Um, Stephen Merchant, um, I'm not familiar enough with Boyd Holbrook, but I, I really liked the presence he had and his able to his ability to hold a scene with Jackman really well. He's on the uh, uh, he's on the series Narcos, which is on Netflix. Narcos, yes, which is something that's like on my list to to watch and just not gotten to it. Uh, yeah, and as bleak as they sold this movie, as as bleak as it is, it's still pretty damn funny. And knows how to hit those beats, which I think some of the better serious stuff and suspenseful things work because of its their detail of the humor, or they're they're not forgetting to be humorous uh, there. And it's it's kind of it's it's a bleak movie, but it kind of can be a cute movie at times with the the Professor X uh, Wolverine and X twenty three relationship, uh, and it just yeah it it just all sort of works, and it's you know definitely the to go dig back like the shootest, uh, though the Hugh Jackman's probably not going to die after this movie. Yeah. Um, the shootest of its, you know, what it of superhero movies. All right. Well, let's move on to Yancey. Yancey, your thoughts on uh, on where Hugh Jackman has come up to this point, and then uh, and then Logan. Well, Hugh Jackman is by far the best part of the entire series. I haven't been too keen on the X Men movies. Because I don't think that the metaphor, they basically, they clung on to that metaphor starting in the second one. Um, sort of, I don't know what you call it, but you know, they lean heavily on, on, on a perfectly uh, well-intentioned liberal metaphor. But it, it, I don't think the X-Men material can quite bear the brunt uh, of all that intended meaning. And I think it sucks the fun out of it a little bit. Honestly, when I was a little kid, my dad used to read me the X-Men, and those were like the Chris Claremont, James Byrne, or John Byrne ones. I'm kind of showing my age here a little bit, but I, 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 even when I was a kid, I kind of thought the X-Men was a little soap opera-ish. So for me, it's always been about Hugh Jackman in these movies. I've always liked him. Um, I do think that the Wolverine, the last James Mangold one, was almost there. Like I liked a lot of it. I thought the ending was a little silly. Um X-Men Origins is, yeah, it's not... I mean, yeah, there's a couple of good things about it, but it's, it's, you I, know, I've it's just, not a movie. Album. I've described this to Brandon many times, and I, and you've, you've Brandon, you've come back at me with, with what makes sense as well, where I've said it came out in the wrong decade. This is a, it's a great 80s movie, and you said it's what it... It's I, a canon film. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, X-Men yeah. Movie. It, it's, it would have been much, much more charming at that budget, too. It would have been probably fun. For sure, yeah. Um, Keep going, I'm sorry. But my thing, basically what you guys are both sort of saying, and what a lot of the reviews are saying, is that, you know, and I don't mean to... Uh, basically for a comic book movie, this is very violent and it's very dark and it's got some serious melancholy to it and a lot of sort of depressing elements, but that's still for a comic book movie. And 
Logan had the bad luck. I just happened to watch Children of Men for the first time maybe 10 years the week before I saw Logan, okay. not realizing not realizing <laughs> how much of Logan was based was going to be sort of ripped off from that. So right away, Children of, Real, Children of Men is a real movie that goes all the way towards actually hitting the bone of, of what it feels like to be a human being. It gets to you. It's not just a sort of a franchise thing, obviously. And then um, uh, so I saw Logan and, and, you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was. Honestly, this is going to sound like I'm being facetious, but I thought it was the best X-Men movie, but I still am not quite sure I would give it like a thumbs up, which I'm not trying to be a jerk, but there's something about these movies that always stop me from embracing them, especially the X-Men ones. But then when you go further and you show scenes from like Shane, you're asking me to think about movies that are real movies. Like Shane is a real movie. Like that's got real troubling elements to it. It's got uncomfortable elements to it. It's not it doesn't wrap things up in a neat bow the way even this movie does. So when you're talking about Shane or you're, or, 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 you're, or you're quoting from even Fury Road in some of those scenes where he's doing Mad Max, you're bringing up real movies. And I just, my problem with a lot of the modern com- comic book movies is that they're not, they're, they're movies made to feel like comic books rather than vice versa. And I think there's too much allegiance and there's too much fear of, of, of angering the sort of fans. And I think the movies don't live as movies and it sounds highfalutin, but, you know, I thought the first half hour of this was really good. I thought the whole setup was very bleak and entertaining. I thought the first big car chase and the limo was great. The violence was good. I mean, every any kid who grew up with Wolverine wants to see those violent scenes. But then as soon as the plot kicked in, I didn't really like the Boyd Holbrook guy when he showed up. And as soon as that the sort of plot machinations kicked in, I felt the same kind of goody-goody sort of Star trek I hate to say that because, I, I, you know, but I felt that same kind of sense of self-importance beating out any sense of fun. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I, and then I saw John wick too the week after that, which I thought was really artful and great. So it just, it was a bad, it was a bad time to see Logan, but I, I thought it was pretty good, but not great. Hugh Jackman once again is really good. I love seeing Patrick Stewart play that version of the role, but even that element kind of fizzles out after about an hour. That's a great concept that professor X is like this, half-life you know he's got this half-life and he's he's going having these outbursts and they kind of just kind of drop it um because it's you can't really go in that direction all the way until the franchise when you're done and they want to keep the franchise going which just takes something out of it i don't know what else to say i um so i'll jump in um i appreciate what you're saying uh, it's nice to have dissent uh, as far as give, give, I don't mean to be no no no, 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 I, no i'm certainly you know i'm, I'm certainly I'm, I'm happy to get a range of, of opinions especially given how you know the I feel I feel like the praise for for me personally I feel like the praise for Logan's been a bit hyper hyperbolic, uh, where you know you're get you're getting you know best superhero movie ever claims and whatnot. Now I'm you know if people want to believe that that's good on them. I'm happy they had a great time with Logan. I certainly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think I think Logan is a, a pretty great film. Uh, a pretty a, it's pretty pretty good pretty good film. <laughs> Use these words interchangeably here. Um, it's not my favorite X Men movie. I I probably still give it up for for x2 and even first class which i've named a number of flaws i have with it but i still think it's success, a lot very successful in what it's trying to do this one I, I really like as well um it's it's certainly high up there as far as the x movies go it helps to wash the taste of x-men apocalypse out of my mouth that's for sure um you know when this movie was over i thought to myself i honestly thought excuse me i thought fuck do i not like movies anymore <laughs> do i not like watching movies in the theater anymore it's just too much for me then the next week I saw John Wick and I'm like, no, it's not that. It was just Logan. Well, I don't know. Well, I like this Logan. I like I like where we are here. And th- what my one of my main thoughts coming out of Logan is like, why? How was Fox messing this up? Where 
you have this like you have just such a boatload of of X-Men characters to choose from. Granted, Hugh Jackman's a major star, so it's you know it's easier to kind of place the burden of an entire film on him as opposed to like let's do a long shot movie and just randomly pick somebody. Like I get I get why you can't necessarily do that, but Fox should really be doing that after after now with actually with Deadpool and this and Logan, like they should really be you know. You can do so many things with these char- with all of these different characters, give them these standalone movies, place them in different genres, and really let the you know explore the area. I mean, given that you have the DC films and the MCU, I, I mean you have you have studios that are that are building universes. Why not be something different where you can go along and just take you know take Cyclops and Jean and put them in some kind of exact, put yes, them in like a, yes. a romantic like road trip movie where they're like fighting off random evildoers and like you know courting each other like the, the well that was my problem not to get that was like with Rogue One it was like if you're gonna do this little side 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 star wars story why can't it be like a little movie it doesn't have to have a big spectacle that's more that's more proof of concept i think though i I think yeah you got to do something it's the same logic as having jj abrams do force awakens where you got to get someone that you can you can trust before you go to somewhere extreme i just felt like that story well not to talk about that story just like it could have been small when you're talking about these scott 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 and gene that would be i think the audience would like that i think you don't have to Mm -hmm. go for what is expected every time? I think the more offbeat they went, the, the better they, they, the better reception they. And went that brings well, me to the problem they got, what's they the got right now. They 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 just signed these young actors to these long contracts to play, you know, Scott, Gene, Storm, whatever. And the 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 group movies just ugh, nobody wants to see anything after Apocalypse. But I would be interested in Sophie Turner and what's the kid's name? Uh, Ty uh, Sheridan. Ty, yeah, I I check out a, a movie if they want to set it in the 90s and be all cool like that and and make oh, you could do like you know true romance with scott and gene or something well, I like think that we, i think you did you did you review the apocalypse blu-ray right for weiss blue i believe yeah, or the 4k yeah. blu-ray I, I mean you saw the deleted scenes where like there's a whole segment they, they cut, cut out all the best stuff. they cut out an entire segment of, of of the two of them and nightcrawler and jubilee who had lines finally um all going to the mall and having a fun time they cut like an entire chunk because they needed to what get to get to a, a shoehorned wolverine scene that makes no, no difference that on wolverine the movie. wasn't in that movie until reshoots yeah um, and, it, and they cut all that stuff because they thought it'd be better character development for them to uh, do action stuff rather than just showing kids hanging out and being kids. But you can see how, like, you know, a, a one a one off movie of like, let's see the kids go to the mall and maybe they like get like in a scuffle with some bullies or something like whatever. I mean, but you can easily make a movie out of that. We're getting off topic. What I'm saying. Right. Well, that, but that, but you're <laughs> yeah. right, Aaron. That's part of the charm of comic mm-hmm. books is that every story wasn't always the end of the world. So when those stories came along, it felt like the world continued even otherwise you know there were stories about just kids go the, the mutants going to the mall and something happens yeah i have a i have do that one an event i have an old christmas x-men comic where it's like nightcrawler's trying to get a gift for somebody and that's the entire comic book <laughs> like it's that's what it is um we're getting off topic though what i want to say what, what i am yep, what i am the best thing about it what i am saying though is that i feel like with logan and you know after and deadpool too it it proves that there could be a, a variety of things done with just smaller X-Men films, which would seem like it would benefit more than harm a studio that's really tried hard to go bigger and better with all these team-up movies when something like this, which is a cheap, which is the cheapest X-Men movie since X-Men, um, and, you know, is based entirely, based mainly on character, really works. And I do think this movie works quite well. I, I under... I understand where you're coming from on this, Yancey. I, I, I get what you're saying. I disagree, but I see what you're coming at. I, I think this I'm a very bitter person. <laughs> I, I, I like that this movie really kind of gives you this, this human story, this essentially human story about about this guy who's been on, 
if he's seen everything and he just doesn't want any part of anything anymore and it fi- and it gives him a chance to find a little bit of redemption on his way out like and why can't it be a real movie like John Wick but what makes it not a real movie i guess that's but why is it why isn't it a real movie it's not a real movie because it feels like television it feels like it feels like it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a movie it doesn't rely on visual language at all to tell I disagree. Story. I think James Mangold yeah, has a real I, handle on what he's doing this time around. I think he I mean I think, he's a competent I, guy for sure. He's a competent director. He always has been, but it does it feels like it's too tethered to the franchise concerns to be able to be a real separate I disagree though. I think it, I think what, it, fran- I, what franchise concerns are there? I mean, this is all its own. Like I don't there's no going anywhere. I mean, you could go somewhere from there, but they're not going to, obviously, but well, it felt about a movie, self-contained. Think about, think about a movie like Unforgiven, which is obviously one of the greatest movies ever. There's no reason this movie couldn't hit hard like that. People would. Like I don't that. think it does. Wait, I don't think it doesn't hit hard though. I don't like. That's what I don't like, understand. Like, I don't. Unforgiven, you walk out of the theater shaking for like six. For like six. Yeah, hours. but the, I mean, with Unforgiven, there's there's like 30 years of history between Clint Eastwood and this kind of role where you're. It, Wolverine's been around for a long time. That's a character. And I, it, you know, that's why you bring. Shane, and I certainly. That's I think why you bring Shane in because Shane is this guy with this past. I can contend that, yes, there are some on-the-nose ideas that are being pushed on you to really get you to a certain place, but at the same time, they're, I mean, they're, you, you just mentioned, as I alluded to already, yeah, Wolverine, he's been, a, he's been in this role, and I think people are responding to that. They're, not just that it's a movie that happens to be well-made, but that it has a level of history behind it. I do think that's, that's tapping but in. if they that's could go all the way with the cursing and all the way with the violence, which they did, why couldn't they go all the way with the content? What content really... isn't going all the way? I just feel like you can make a. I feel like X Men stories from the eighties and nineties you know, are, are gut more gut wrenching than the movie is. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All I know is that every one of these movies to me feels like it's compromised as a movie to not offend comic book fans, which I was growing up. I was a huge comic book fan. I fell in love with movies when I was twenty, and I stopped with the comic books. But I know all these characters, and I know a lot of the story. I don't know all okay. Logan, but I know a lot of the stories. All right. They just don't feel like real movies. Okay. They feel like they stop short. Well, I, I don't know what how that's which, but John Wick feels like a real movie. I'm, I'm sorry if it's not. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not. I'm not catching on what makes it not a movie. What I can say is that I, I, I like that it exists. Of course, I, it exists. What, it's a real movie. No, I know. I, I understand the you know the what you're getting at, but I mean, as far as what it's not delivering on, I disagree. And what I and I can just keep going on with what I really liked about. It. I mean, what I like is Hugh Jackman once again, as he's done. In pretty much everything he's ever been involved in, whether it be an Oscar hosting gig or the worst X Men movie, he gives hundred and ten percent here. He, he like he 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 is so committed to doing the best job possible, and I think that really helps play with these characters. It gives him and Charles a chance to have this a dynamic that's I think been built over you know a decade and a half, but also has a new level to it just because of the unleashed nature of the film by having this R rating. And what I like about this R rating is not that it's, you know, hey, Wolverine can really (laughs) cut the crap out of a lot of people with his claws now, but that it feels like a story that's for adults. Like, it feels, I mean, it... It feels like it, I disagree. I, think, I, disagree. I, think, I think it does, though. I think because you're involved, like because you're, because you're involving children, <laughs> because you're involving a, a, a level of introspection that doesn't feel like it needs to satisfy with an action scene every fifteen minutes. It's getting you a chance to really, really dig into what this what this person is going through, what these what these setbacks are for him, why he what his old age is actually doing to him now because he's been along for so long and he has these. You know, he has this adamantium that's now become more, more of more than a curse. It's become you know practically a death nail. It seems like there's a lot of things there that I think you know having this freedom of the of a rating. It's not as if they just said, well, 
we got the R, guys. The check came through, so we can do this. They they had a story they actually wanted to tell that feels like it earns its rating. I mean, look, I'm in the minority on this one, and I I may just be comic book movied out, but I, I I just you know I didn't it didn't connect all the way with me. It started off well, and I think it's much more. Let me retract. I think it's much closer to a real movie. What I mean by that than any of the other X Men movies. A real movie like Shane, a real movie like Children of Men, a real movie that goes for the gut. This, to me, still stops short because it's more product and committee made than it is movie. Even though James Mangold obviously shows much more of an interesting touch, he knows what good movies are. But I still think, even though it's much better than most of these movies, it still stops short, even of being like The Dark Knight, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But that's a, that's still a good movie. It feels like, it feels like a uncompromised movie this feels compromised to me i don't think it Once feels compromised like it, this... yeah i'm i'm lo- i'm i am not following what, what, at all watching watching that. the watching the other x-men team is watching apocalypse for what like that's a movie that i didn't see apocalypse i skipped watching Apo- apocalypse is a drastic difference from something like this even even days of future past which i like overall i think it do- i mean it it right. does feel like here's this week's x-men versus something like this which feels practically avant-garde compared to something like Apocalypse. Like, it's, yeah. like, really trying to do it's something. True. If there were only comic book movies in the world, I would say this was the best movie in, in the, of the year. But, it, you know, I mean, there's so much more, and it, it just doesn't feel like it's for grown-ups. It feels like it's for older adolescents, which we all are, too, of course, somewhere inside, but it just doesn't go all the way for me, and I feel like it could. What I like, the, I mean, it's that... The, the adolescents that saw X-Men back in 2000 are now 17 years older, and they're watching this character they've essentially grown up with. I mean, I, I was th- 14 when X-Men came out, and now I'm 30, and I'm watching, I mean, you know, I'm watching Hugh Jackman as Wolverine again, and it's like, I, get, I really like this journey that I've seen this actor and this character kind of go on. There's so many. There, well, I there's, there's. That. I think there's. I, I think there's a. I think there's a lot of things in the script that work really well because they don't have to spell it out. There, now, I will say there is some exposition that they just lay on you, but there's there's things that Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart do that don't require them to explain what they're doing. It just requires them to have a certain kind of shorthand with each other that you get because you've you've seen them in all of these movies. And there, there's sensations like that that you don't get from a lot of things. There, there's, there's movies that can't accomplish that just because they're telling you to. Having actors that are as committed to these roles as these guys are and having... A script that has the the right touches that I think Scott uh, Scott Frank I'm a big fan of and um, oh, what's the other act there's two there's a couple writers on this uh, Scott Frank and uh, Michael Green well, I think they've they've done I'm not gonna say it's transcendence writing but I think there's there's a lot here that feels better than the the average like this old person and this old person are getting along together I think there's there, there's a lot there that really that really works to elevate this film beyond what I've, I've seen in other you know, lesser, lesser comic book movies and lesser super, lesser X-Men movies. I, I mean, almost all I can say from honestly, all I can say is from my own personal feelings. I just feel like it's almost there, but, but I was, I was at the end. It wasn't for me. Brandon. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to debut on this show as the guy who doesn't like the movie. I just, I, I knew when you told me it was going to be Logan. I'm like, well, I didn't love it, but I'm not going to pretend I it's did. It's why we have multiple segments. So our listeners can hear you talk about all kinds of things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, hopefully Brandon. Yes. What else did you like about the movie? <laughs> uh, how, well, how about that action? Um, <laughs> I, I don't mean I don't mean to sound like I'm negating your guy. Uh, you guys like it. I'm glad you like it. I don't mean to say it's not a real movie and you can't possibly like it. It just didn't feel like that. No, I don't, I don't think like you're. It's, I don't, I don't, it's real to me, damn. I, 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 no, I don't, I don't think either. I, I don't think I. I don't think either of either of us think that you're putting us down for liking it because you didn't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not hearing that from you. I understand that you have a dissenting opinion, and I'm respecting it. I completely am. I. I. I, I hear. I, I'm hearing your words, and I'm not taking offense by it in any way. 
okay. I like. That, I can't wait I like for Abe to edit this uh, podcast. By the way, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. What? I can't wait for Abe to edit this podcast. <laughs> right. Um. I. I think one thing that's we're gonna see right now, um, is you know the movie getting tossed around like Aaron. You're like, I don't know if I want to call it that. People are like, you know, great or amazing. It, it's because we're in like year two, right now, second movie in of like the rated R superhero movie, which people really haven't seen much yet. So when they get something that's just unleashed on them and just unrelenting like a Deadpool and a Wolverine, they may be a bit more high on it than, you know, 10 R-rated superhero movies down the road. So I think it's a shock to a lot of people, whereas, we, you know, we watch a lot of rated R movies and stuff mm. now, and can, rating, rating doesn't seem to have weight on us watching movies. Just, you know, give us... I always say, like, I don't care what's rated, just give me a great movie. Sure, and, of course. But a lot of people are like, oh, the R rating, and and that stuff will take them to another edge and make them feel like a movie is above and beyond. Which Deadpool, which I liked, but people hailed it as like the greatest thing ever. It wasn't subversive enough. It didn't have any actual subversive content. It was all right down the middle. I thought. And I can agree with that. I mean, I think it is. It's a pretty straight early on these R rated movies, so they're gonna be like the first X Men movie was. If if you go back to two thousand, it was like well. I mean, it's up there. It's Superman, Batman, and then, you know, X-Men or, you know, whatever order you have it in, you're probably not wrong. And then that first X-Men movie, probably, I mean, would it make a top 20 of superhero movies? I would, like, even the two. No, but it came out of nowhere at the time. It was important, and it's important for its time. It was important for its time, but with what we've given it since. That was the first big Marvel theatrical release the, right? well, the first big one like, blade. yeah because blade blade was a blade was, blade, was, blade was a hit but not like a giant hit and the but nobody went to blade going oh i'm going to a comic book movie this right, weekend yeah that, that was that was because wesley snipes is awesome back in 1998 yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'd add that subtitle in there but um but no i i mean x even at, you know when i saw x-men i was like okay that was that was fine but i was so indebted to like the comics and the in the cartoon series honestly i'm like right yeah. i know what x-men should look like and i don't know why they're all wearing black spandex and not you know having more soap opera like fun and you, you, and, and you, yeah, you i was just happy that, that, Hugh jackman in that i was like you jackman they nailed that that's all they needed to do was, was well even though he's not quite comic well, remember when he got cast it was like who jackman who and now we're like Dead Stuart Townsend or somebody. Who did it was place? Doug Ray Scott. Yeah, Doug, Doug, Doug Ray Scott. Scott yeah. But Mission Impossible and Two Mission reshoots, guys. Mission Impossible Two, boy, oh boy. One of my least favorite movies it, of all it time. It paid off. Yeah. Um, and the other guy too. Was the guy, Stuart Townsend was Lord of the Rings. Right? Yeah, Stuart Townsend was Lord of the Rings before Vigo. Both those yeah. guys went kind of nowhere. I don't mean to be cruel, but it's sort of. Uh, hey, we're uh, we're talking still talking about Queen of the Damned, right? I mean, that was. I never did see Queen of the Damned. That's Stuart Townsend, right? Yep. Him and uh, him and Malia. Malia. One of them was wasn't one of them. Uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, in the new version of that. Right. Yeah, it was Stuart Townsend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy. He got to date Charlize Theron for a while. I, I mean, know, which makes me dislike yeah. him. That, that's <laughs> I was very upset when I heard getting, that. So I basically colored my opinion. Getting getting back to Logan. Um, and what you I like Charlize Theron. <laughs> getting back to Logan, what you're saying, Brandon, about like you know you know the R rated superhero films and how that's. You know that we're we're in an area where that the the prospect of that seems more likely now, given the amount of money that can be made from it, which is what Hollywood learns from these kind of things. Um, yeah, I I I can see where that kind of that angle comes from as far as the appreciation people have because the movie's allowed to kind of go off the off the rails on it. But I do think people are responding to 
the the kind of the the the, the sense of closure that this movie creates, and I. I can admire that to an extent, but I it comes down to what the story is presenting me, which is what Yancy you've talked about too. Where it's I do feel like it it hits you know it hits a lot of beats that I expected, where it's this road like it has a, it has a construct that is familiar to me, where it's this road movie, and there's a certain inevitability to how things have to play out. Now that may, given that I'm a person that sees lots of movies and I've seen lots of movies like this, including movies that this movie references or has taken as clear like visual keys. Um, I, I recognize what things are coming beforehand. Now, that's not necessarily the worst possible thing to do because, you know, movies about the journey, not about, you know, what's exactly happening every beat of the way. But I, it did hinder it a bit where I feel like the movie, I think Logan, it's a bit too long for one thing. Um, it, it, I, I enjoy the breathing room. I enjoy having time to, you know, stop with these characters and like have them like, oh, they're going to go check out this random family's house and they're going to, you know, have some nice fun character moments it, as a, you know, it's constructed so it's not just, action 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 um there i feel like the action scenes are actually earned in this film like it gets to them and you're like all right this is why this needs to happen at the same time by the time it gets to its final point i'm like yeah i guess that's that's where it logically needed to go but i wasn't necessarily taken away by that fact yeah they i mean yeah you did say yeah they did they stopped at the casino too long or that didn't even maybe i feel like that's the yeah that's kind of the longest stretch is of yeah where nothing was really added to it, or that couldn't have been added to it. It, it, it amounts. It it gives you one really cool action. Well, I, I do. Like, I mean, there's an aspect of that I like because it, there's, no, a, there's a really there's, cool. Part there's a in unique there, action but... sequence that takes something that you've known uh, Professor X to be doing, and how Wolverine can use that uses that to his advantage to an extent. But it also has repercussions, which I enjoy too. I mean, there's mm-hmm. what I what what I like about what again what I like about like the. I don't, it's not necessarily a rating thing. But what I like about what the movie's able to do with having more freedom is that it doesn't just there's there's some collateral in this movie that they have to address. There's a conversation that takes place between Logan and Charles about like people that died because of a thing that happened and what the greater good is. I mean, there that's the kind of stuff that I can enjoy in these movies. Something that's I think gets missed out in some of these other ones. It's true. It's, a, it's fun to see him sparring with uh, Logan about these ideals and and not Magneto. Yeah, that's a nice change. Of and pace. you guys don't see a difference between a movie like this and, a, and and I don't know what I'm trying to say. You don't feel like there's a ceiling on how um, uh, unpredictable these movies are allowed to be. Don't you think they have to they stick to a formula that's kind of suffocating? I, this didn't feel formulaic though. That, that's that's the thing. I, I, I don't. I mean, I would I would say that it feels formulaic to an extent, but not in a way that feels like it's trapping the film. I think the I didn't I, I didn't feel it was on Thunderdome. I, I mean, like. Well, well, no, there was that. I didn't feel it was formulaic in the terms of like as a superhero movie formulaic in terms of what it was uh, borrowing from using and, you know, the type of story it was. Yeah, it, it did follow beats and stuff. But as a superhero film, I don't think it followed formulaic. Superhero it's the kind of thing where we're you we've guys, seen... you guys have ever seen Tulane Blacktop. No. Money Hellman movie Tulane Blacktop. No. Ah, I was trying to think of why can't it? Well, there's no reason why this movie can't be as good as that. What I don't understand. Where, where I'm at is a place where I've seen, you know, we've seen plenty of superhero movies, let alone plenty of X-Men movies, and I, it doesn't take much for much, much adjustment of where that bar is for me to be excited about the new areas it can explore. And I do think this takes advantage of that. I do think it, it goes away from what I've seen in previous X-Men films. If anything, the closest movie this is, is The Wolverine. I mean, it, it, right, it, yeah. It's a lot of the same pieces as The Wolverine does, except it just ages things up and gives even more introspection for Logan. And I liked it. I mean, I, I liked what it was doing. I, I, it's 
they, I could have used a more John Carpenterish, Snake Plissken-y Logan. It's those those interactions work for me. Like I, I, I like we haven't talked about X twenty three at all on that relationship between her and Logan, but I I really like that. I think there's 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 little things like this that just get that that work well for this movie. Like it it gives. Do it, they call her that in the movie? They call her Laura. I mean, like they call her X twenty. I mean, yes, it's there's it's labeled. She's X twenty three from the comics, yeah, and and she. It, on her file, she's listed as yeah, X-23. it's labeled as such, but I mean, uh, her name is X23 23 because they're all all the kids are X23, yeah. and then hers is Dash 23. She's the chosen. I gotta say, that scene is a showstopper where she first comes out, and and then I think it ends with them busting out of the fence with the um with the limo. That whole 10 12 minute action scene is great. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah, it's um, what, totally as a short film. That's I think the action is really pretty good in this movie. I think there's a lot. It is. It I, is, it they is. did the Fox Forest very the fo- well. The Fox it. Forest has never looked better at Logan. That's for sure. <laughs> we, we, oh, and you know what else? That scene with the horses. Very sweet scene. Yeah. Or that scene. Yeah. Really well, that's that the that's the breathing room that I'm talking about. That's where I mean that's stuff where it's like yeah. it's it's inessential. It has its reasoning, but I mean the, for as far as how to get characters to this point, there's other there's easier cheaper ways to do that. But I like that it's like all right there's. We can stop for a it's second. It's inessential, but that's the, it's, it's essential that stories have inessential beats like that. So they feel like they're really happening in a real world, I think. Formula gets too constricting. And it, and it, and it, it, hel- and it, help, it helps that you brought in a lot of, like, not, you know, fun character. I mean, you mentioned Stephen Merchant. I wouldn't necessarily call him a character actor, but he's not a lead, I guess. So, uh, But, like, yeah, having Richard E. Grant, of all people, steps in here. Eric, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. That bothered the heck out of me. When Richard E. Grant walked in, I was like, come on. There's about five people on that list. If you're not going to think who who should play that part, like Julian Sands, Richard E. Grant, you know, like I just it's unimaginative casting, and it was like, why? What was the why? last time you saw Richard E. Grant in something? <laughs> I feel like he has played the weaselly bad guy a lot of times. But I like how the movie doesn't care yeah. about him. The movie the movie literally tosses him That's away. True. Like the yeah. the movie gets what you're saying. The movie knows that it's like, yeah, you've seen this guy play this role before. We don't really care. We're gonna give him very few scenes and dispatch him in a way that makes makes you realize that, yeah, we don't care. You don't, we don't care about this just as much as you don't care about this. We want to get to the point. And the point's Logan. Yeah, and I, right. and, I, and right. what I what I think the movie's very successful in most is that it really sticks to Logan. Like it really tells a story that's about this person. It doesn't try to. It does, you, I mean, you mentioned the franchise ties and stuff. It doesn't really have it. It, it has passing references, maybe. But it's not like remember that time Cyclops and I, and then they flash back to Cyclops. Like it's just no, it's all about it's. Well, it's by franchise just... ties, I mean I'm, they're too worried about ruining the gold mine. They're too worried about they're too worried about doing anything that might alienate the audience. Are they though? I mean, it has it's, where it has, where it has specific. Like, I think because they know that the wrath of that audience is complete and total and final. You know, like you have to cater to that audience, or you get. If you were doing that, look, stops. the movie wouldn't end the way it does. Oh come on! It ends in such a predictable way. I like the last. Well, predictable way, but, but I but mean, the, if you, if it was so worried about the franchise and stuff, there's a, there's some deaths that wouldn't happen in this movie. Yeah, but it's said in the. You can do ten more between now and then if you want to. If Hugh Jackman wants to do them, right? I mean, and like we said, it's almost Elseworldsy. I mean, it's not. They're not. But that's that, a that's 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 blaming Hollywood on the movie. I mean, the the movie the movie's telling its own story. You can't blame what Fox might try to do with certain things. In the in a foreseeable future, as opposed to what the movies. Those concerns are getting between the artist and the audience. I think you know, and I think they they they, they fuzz out a lot of these movies from being the movies they could be. But that's not Logan's fault. In a lot fault. of cases, they're not even. I think I think you might be for. taking this out on the wrong movie. I, I think there are other movies and stuff that have been done. That yes, that's true. But I don't think this is the case with with Logan. I I, I 
I, I can see what you're saying and fit that to other things I've seen in the past, but I, I really don't think Logan is this case. Well, you know, whenever I see a movie and it gets great reviews like this, I always plan to check it out again later. So I'll give it another chance. But, you know, I, I, I do think it, it, it's a shame that I'm talking about this with Logan because Logan does try, but it hits a wall that I think it can't get past that. I would like some more ambiguity. I mean, I would like some more feeling of uncertainty leaving the theater than such a feeling of, yes, happy ending. I mean, I do think there is some certainty, though. I mean, given the characters that make it out of this and the future that they exist in, I don't see that being a, necessarily a happy ending. I see it as like... There, I'm I, talking I, about the very last image, the cinematic, the, the last image we see, the cinematic image we see is very well done, and, and that's ambigu- that's ambiguous, the very last moment yeah. involving Wolverine. But the, the ending with the I just felt like, oh, they want to make more of these, so they have these characters going off into the next movie, you know? And like, But will they make that? them with those? I, I don't... If it's a big hit, which it is. I mean, it, I'll, I be, I'll be honest. If they, made, if, they had a movie, if they had made a movie with that cast, I'd be interested just because that it's very different as far as the the kinds of people that are there and the age of those people. It'd be like, I'd see that movie in a heartbeat if they made it that movie. Is everybody else dead in the storyline? Yes, apparently. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a... There's a bit. There's a radio clip that plays that explains what happened and why Charles and Logan are on their own at this point. Where I'm like, well, that's incredibly depressing. Which is another point I want to bring up. This movie is bleak as fuck, guys. I mean, you mentioned that there is humor. I'm not going to take away the fact that there is humor, but it is a very dark movie in the sense that we had a whole movie, Days of Future Past, which which is like we can stop Judgment Day. But here we are where we're in T3 now because Judgment Day is apparently inevitable. Like, it's always going to suck for mutants. Like, which is, I, I, I can't tell you how depressing it is to, to walk into something like Logan in 2029 where I know there's going to be more X-Men movies, but based off the logic of this movie, it's stating it's not going to matter. You Mutants are going to die and you're never going to enjoy the fact that they're mutants. Like, that seems to be, like, the overall message of, of, X, well, of X-Men. And the fact that the rest of the world just from what our perspective just does not give a crap yeah. they're just out boozing just i mean no one cares which is, which is where my other point is now i'm gonna just stop caring about x-men continuity i think i'm gonna just say that right now i feel like i've given i gave days of future past a lot of i gave it a lot of flack because of that because it didn't really care about other x-men movies except for the ones they chose to care about which bothered me that's why i don't like days of future past as much as a lot of people uh, where it's like, we, we don't care about Last Stand, even though it's part of our franchise. We'll just throw it out. With Logan, I'm going to just start being fine with this. I'm get, if they want, if Fox wants to make an X-Men franchise where they can do one-shots, where they can take you, where they can a- apply the same logic as the artists and writers that do for these comics go, where they can just kind of have, you know, you get, get, get um, I don't know, get Claremont in here to do like an episode of Wolverine, you know, do a Wolverine comic and then go away and it has no impact on the overriding plot of X-Men because there's so many different comics, then I'm, I'm going to just roll with it with these movies. Like, is that... Well, I'd rather have, I'd rather have the uh, sloppy continuity, uh, the choosy continuity, the elsewhere stuff, than just, ah, oh, we made a bad one, so let's start over. Which is what's bothered me a lot with, with the, some of these X-Men movies where... Like, even with Wolverine, you know, the Wolverine, this stuff, the Wolverine ends with him losing his adamantium claws. And the the, the right. post-credit scene that sets up Days of Future Past, he still doesn't have his adamantium claws. And what happens the, fir- and then Days the, of Future the Past first scene you see years him? And years and years and years and years and years and years into the future. So something's happened between them. Apparently, but, I mean, they don't care enough to be like, hey, remember when Magneto got that new adamantium for your claws? I know how great that scene sounds. You don't have to tell me. But that would have been nice. 
but the movies just don't care enough to do that kind of stuff for me, which is bothersome. It's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know why Fox is, or Simon Kinberg, I guess the, the, for, the, the, the Kevin Feige of X-Men films. I don't, I don't know where he's just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're good. We got this. We'll, we'll workshop this one out and, and get to where we are. And what I like here with Logan, it feels like the, the, and cause I've, I don't dislike Simon Kinberg as much as I dislike the Spider-Man's greatest enemy, Avi Arad. Um, but, yeah. oh. but um, cinema's greatest enemy. Because I do think Simon, I think he's done some beneficial stuff for this franchise and for other of these Marvel franchises outside of the MCU. But I, I feel like his touch is the le- is a lot less noticeable here than it has been in other X Men films, and I appreciate that. Right. I do think it feels like James Mangold, and you mentioned this before. I think we talked about it in the commentary stuff, but like the Wolverine had a lot of baggage attached to it as far as other directors that were in, other drafts of the screenplay, which is why yeah. I think why it has a somewhat compromised finale. This movie, from beginning to end, feels like it's what it is. It feels like this is what they set out to do, and this is what they made. Yeah. Do you think I uh, Mangold? Uh is the best director of any of the X-Men films? Or do you think I would, Matthew Matthew Vaughn would be the best? I think I, I think Matthew Vaughn might have been the best, but I think he, he the difference is that he was rushed into a, you know, a nine-month turnaround of, I'm hired on in, you know, just to say dates, I'm hired on in January, and I need to make a movie by September. That's a tentpole. Like, that's the situation he was placed yeah. into, which is impossible, and he pulled it off. I mean, he did a great job with that. Uh, for, for the time that was given to him, so I'd, I'd put him and b- mangled up together against each other, I guess, because they both they've delivered the most visually interesting X Men movies to me. Yeah, as well as just their overall construction. I just I think if, if First Class got another like three months to kind of work things out, it would have been it probably would be it it'd be the the hyperbolic statements that this movie's claiming to be. True, but yeah, I, and I think also an important. Uh, aspect in like you know the first class and then the success of days of future past is the you know voice of james goldman in the writing jane definitely jane i think jane uh, yeah james goldman was definitely there's a difference between you know first class days of future past and then going to apocalypse where i you know i think that could have turned out differently had her hands been on that possibly possibly that movie was ugh. but there's a chance but I think she's been one of the better, you know, people behind the camera, behind the scenes associated with the franchise. Yancey, you still there? I'm okay. here. <laughs> I'm here. I think all three of the, I think Singer, Mangold, and uh, and Matthew Vaughn all have a basic good visual sense. I don't know whether there's any film by any of them that I really love, other than maybe Usual Suspects. So I, don't I know. love 310 to Yuma. His, uh, his re- I like Mangold in general. I, enjoy. I like the original so much. I like the original a lot, too. I like what I, I really like. What well, you- I like. You don't like any other Matthew Vaughn films? I gotta say, I haven't. Seen, I never saw Layer Cake. Um, he is like well, a perfect score for me so far. I, I've liked, I've enjoyed everything he's Stardust done. Stardust and uh, oh, I like Stardust. I didn't see Kingsman. Uh, kill me! I didn't see the Kingsman. I know everyone loved it. I didn't see it. The first Kick Ass. That's probably. Uh, yeesh, I don't know about the first Kick Ass. I, would, I don't want to undercredit Singer too. I think I mean I just think he's ran out of gas. Singer, I don't know what happened. I think he's just ran out of gas on X Men movies. No. I mean he just like yeah, he's he stopped making shit. Yeah, exactly. But even when he wasn't making X Men movies, he's making like the Jack and the Beanstalk thing, which was yeah, I'm not I'm, Superman. Yeah, I'm not yeah, was... Superman Returns. I'm not the fondest. But, uh... No, Superman Returns has some good stuff, but you know it, it, it's yeah. All right. Any yeah, Singer the tie, was, the tie for maybe just Singer wasn't. I mean, we got he got to X Men fat. I mean, it was Usual Suspects at Pupil, and then 
X Men. I just don't. Th- I don't think he X2, has. So yeah, he, he doesn't have anything to. I mean, that first X Men was so modest. It wasn't bloated. It was like ninety six minutes. Yeah. Right away with the second one, it's one hundred and thirty five minutes, and it's you know going. You but know, but I also, th- I mean, I, I think you've you mentioned this earlier, yeah, where it's the the X Men comics. There's you know there's obvious metaphors for what it's going for in a lot of them, and just the kind of general message about mutants and acceptance. Where Singer, who was never a comic book fan. I think he atta- he attached right. himself onto that aspect, and it worked well in the first one as far for a thematic level, as far as you know, equating uh, the Holocaust with what mutants were going through, and then the second one, you know, equating like coming out and what have you. To like, there's those themes that are there, and then it's just like there's no he doesn't have anywhere to go with it. Like he's not a giant he's not a giant fan it's of X Men. Because X-Men you comics, can't so. really explore those themes with such thin thin material. As yeah. good as the X Men can be, it's thin. You can't explore the Holocaust and 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 being a kid who's homosexual in the closet. You can't discuss that stuff using those thin. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to use those things. You should just be. I don't well, know. It works like in it works <laughs> well, in doses, but I and, but I think coming on to doing you know two more X Men movies, he just he, there's no there's nothing else for. So that's why they just feel like you know epics. They feel like they feel like studio made epics at that point, which is it's fine for sometimes, but other times it falls flat, and because he has nothing else to rely on, like there's just. There's only so many Apocalypse places for him to go. Nothing. I didn't, yeah, it's Apocalypse is just bad. Yeah, it's just bad. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's it, well. Apocalypse. Here's the problem with Apocalypse too. It's boring because it's it's everything you've already seen in any X Men already, yeah. just and done not as good. Where it's like, oh, that Quicksilver scene you guys loved in It's a Future Past. Here it is again, but not any different than it was before. Do you think Magneto uh, suffered enough and lifted heavy things? Here he's going to lift a lot of heavy things and suffer even more. Yeah, look, Gene may have the Phoenix. Like it's it's all this stuff you've seen already, and it, it's it, overly long, just dull. And and Jennifer Lawrence does not want to be there, and it's obvious. Oh yeah, she obvious from the look on her face. And they even and she does everything she can not to be blue in that movie. They 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 buttered her up. The they're like, nope, you don't have to be blue till you know one scene in the movie. So. It is hard to make her lifeless on screen, but <laughs> I think he managed in the in Days of Future Past. Yeah, well, and then I mean, I, Oscar Isaac, horrible. That's the worst That's movie. Casting. Yeah, I would uh, say it's weird but, casting. Yeah. It's just you don't you don't give him much to do. you don't give him anything to do. Like the script is so we're getting too far into Apocalypse, which we reviewed already. But <laughs> I mean, this and and it's not worth talking yeah. about. I just don't like seeing Oscar Isaac and, and Fassbender getting pulled into these movies and like not doing anything. Well, Fa- Fassbender, bless him, he's unable to give a bad performance. I mean, it's not—it's not like he's doing bad as Magneto. He's killing it. Like it's just—it's just—it's oh, just there's nothing nothing room to explore really compared to like. Hey, first if it class. wasn't for First Class, I he, you know, people already like Fassbender, but that got him a bigger fan base oh, yeah. and a well, lot more Hunger? attention. You must have seen Hunger. Oh yeah, the blockbusters. Well, I'm not talking about Hunger, but I mean general audiences yeah. and yeah. stuff, and yeah. a lot of fan, like comic fanboys and stuff, that weren't watching Hunger, and then they see Magneto, and he's a complete, you know, James Bondian badass in that movie, and people get attached and want to see him in everything. So that's how well, he starts I can't getting. Why can't like Hunger? That the, the <laughs> I'm sure that new fan base is like, let's go see Shame, and then they watch it like, whoa, yes. okay, let's not watch Shame again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on Logan before we move on? No, do you guys think that movies now in January, because it's after the Oscar season, you think there's always going to be a movie that gets slightly overrated like this? I feel like we're in that. We're, I don't think it's. <laughs> like, so I, I can't, I can't say that. I mean, we're, this is March where we've gotten a number of like. Yeah, but I mean, Logan got like 96%. Deadpool got a huge, I mean, like, I don't that's think that's people that liked it. Those could be like six or seven out of tens. 
I, I mean, I do not think that Logan would have gotten ninety six percent if it came out in August. But almost anything it wouldn't have because people are just tired of those movies by August and they want. No, the there. Wolverine actually got that got pretty good reviews when it came yeah. out late in the summer when everybody's like, "Oh, here this comes," and then they actually ended up liking it pretty well. If it matters, the the, the average rating of Logan on Rotten Tomatoes is seven point nine, which is pretty high. Um, I no, I don't. I just think talking about Deadpool as a Best Picture nominee is, was ridiculous. Oh, I, <laughs> I agree with that. But no, as far as the the ratings, biggest for, prank Deadpool could have pulled. Yeah. I mean, I look back at like Doctor Strange, which just came out on Blu-ray. That has like a ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes, but the average ratings. And those are just yes and no. And the average rating is like seven on that. Like, and I get. But if everybody gives it three stars. Yeah, it gets, well, that, and that's. I mean, that's, that's what, it's just time, favorable. Right? Like that's that's all it yeah, is. Yeah, it's just favor. Yeah. Yeah, but still, you, I don't. I don't think you can get to like ninety-seven percent if it's wishy-washy. Yeah, you do. I don't think a lot of. I think if everybody sort of likes it, then it'll be more like seventy percent. Because a lot of those will fall into negatives. I mean, I don't need to talk about aggregates on the podcast. It's, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I mean, is that is it, is pretty high for Logan? And isn't for, the Force uh, Awakens the highest-rated Star Wars movie on Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, maybe. It's. I mean. Yes and no's. That's except for that I mean, dashingly Scott Mendelson. <laughs> yeah, taking taking that Star yeah. Wars review. <laughs> I would have joined him if I had the the the, the 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 Armand White of superhero movies, <laughs> Scott <Yeah>. Mendelson. <laughs> no, he's we love Scott. He's on the show all the time. It's great. All right, uh, let's uh, move on. Let, well, let's say this real quick. When should people go and see Logan? Star of Brandon. Right now, Yancy. When should people go and see Logan? When should they see We tend it? to go with like theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, that kind of thing. Like what that's how that's our rating system for this show. Oh, I think this movie plays pretty well, I'm sure, in a, in a theater in a packed theater full of fans. I'm sure that amplifies the effect a little bit. I would see it. There you go. In a in a seventy five percent packed theater on a Thursday afternoon at two forty five. Exactly. That's the perf that's the perfect rating right there. Um, exactly. no, yeah, I, I I, I, yes, I would certainly say see this in a theater. I, I do think it's a, it's a crowd-pleasing movie, as bleak as it actually is. It, it, I think there is a level of satisfaction you get from seeing, you know, Logan, Hugh Jackman on his in his last ride as Wolverine. I think I think it's a, you know, a well-done film. And I would think most people would like it more than me from the reviews. Well, that I, I mean, yeah, that that goes without saying. I think. <laughs> um, all right. Not always. We're gonna we're gonna get the listeners back on your side, though. We're gonna get and feel again. We do this at the end of the show, but feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail dot com. Let us know your thoughts on Logan because we certainly want to hear a, a range of voices on it. It's obviously gotten a lot of favor, but you know, happy to hear any dissenting opinions as well. That's you know, it's, having Yancey on is, a, is I think it's a good counterbalance to having just a praise fest for the film. Oh, I hope so. Um, okay, well, so let's move on though. Let's get um. Let's get to our uh, let's get to our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Why? Well, Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone and other MP3 devices. Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com/outnowpodcast. You can choose a book to download for free and start listening. It's just that easy. Choose to download a book. Check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can download. You can you keep the book that you download for free for free and get rid of the service. It's just it's all that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash out now podcast. Be a winner, read or listen to audibletrial.com slash out now podcast. Okay. Moving on. Oh boy. That was a lot of Lucan talk. Let's get into it. Let's get to out now feedback. Let's get to our out now feedback. Feedback, feedback. This is where we go over there are various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash out now podcast. Uh, I asked a number of questions this week. And you guys gave us some answers. Then you guys gave us some questions that we're going to attempt to answer as well. 
and we got a ton of feedback this week. I uh, I tried to spice things up on the feedback section. I added I got added little fun Logan pictures to every single question we had, and uh, I think that worked out quite well because I got a lot of answers here. So this is uh, going to be fun. And uh, Brandon and uh, Yancey, feel free to to lend in some answers if you have any. But uh, right. here we go. Here's the first one. What should Hugh Jackman do next? Nippon writes. Come back in true yellow spandex suit, Wolverine. We all want it. Hashtag somebody had to say it. Uh, Jay writes, play Cable in Deadpool. What he shouldn't do, movie 44. <laughs> uh, Chris writes, That's part of Chris writes a new version of The Birdcage. Um, Jason writes, Kate and Leopold 2 with a Deadpool cameo. He'd be good in The Birdcage, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> Manish writes, another musical. Philip writes, not superhero movies. And Maxwell writes, come back to Broadway. What should Hugh Jackman do next? I think he's a talented guy. I think I think Hugh Jackman's capable oh, yeah. of pretty much anything. I think I think he's a really uh, just all-around solid actor. So, I mean, I look forward to whatever he does next. Yes. He's doing, what is he doing? He's he doing a, a remake of The Greatest Show on Earth, right? Is that, I'm not mistaken? Really? I believe so. I've never seen that movie. I always meant to see that, the, the... Oscar yeah. winner, right, from the 50s? Uh, which I, I've yeah. seen, I, I, and I believe it has the record for being, like, the only Oscar to win Best Picture without winning anything else. Right. John Wayne, Jimmy Sorry. Stewart. Was it Jimmy Stewart? John Heston. Yeah. Sorry. Never seen I, it. I am mistaken. It's not a remake of The Greatest Show on Earth. It is a, it's a movie called The Greatest Showman, which is the story of P.T. Barnum, which is, yeah, that's what he's, that's, that's what happened <laughs> next. I could have guessed that what he was doing. That's what I, he feel, was I feel like, that's about yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Wouldn't mind seeing him work with like Christopher Nolan again because I like the Prestige. Yeah. See him he's one person again. Nolan's worked with you know, he usually works with people more than once, and Jackman was a one and done. His I I like his kind of I like his um, that kind of his drama face that he does like he, but more like underdog like I like Eddie Eddie the Eagle, or um what's it um. Real Steel, which like they're you know they're, they're yeah. throwaway ish, but like the kind of ref- because Hugh Jackman's such a pro, like he commits and it works. Like I feel like yeah, he wants to get back his son and fight robots. Like why? What did I want to believe that? <laughs> All right, next question. Favorite third chapter in a trilogy. Matthew writes, Last Crusade is my sentimental favorite of the Indiana Jones trilogy. I know it's not technically a trilogy because Crystal Skull, which I actually quite enjoyed, but it was a trilogy during my childhood. Todd writes, I got to throw. I've got to throw out some Universal Monsters love and mention Son of Frankenstein. It's not a trilogy. There were more Franken films to science films to come. But, <laughs> so far, yeah. it's like it's not a trilogy, but... but it's the last of the three films of Karloff as the monsters. So it's kind of a trilogy within the series. Is Abbott and Costello Karloff? Is that? Uh, he is not. No, no it's, not. it's, it's um, not. Strange. No. It's Glenn Strange. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, Glenn Strange. I've got someone else oh, knows yeah. that. Brandon's good with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris writes, Day of the Dead, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Army of Darkness. Sorry, no Star Wars is those horrible little Ewoks ruined a perfectly fine film. Uh, Wait, does Day of the Dead count? Because there was Land of the Dead, which technically goes with those. It's almost like another trilogy, though. Well, yeah. Because he started anew with Diary. He just so. Chris is the only one that didn't feel the need to apologize for not using a trilogy so far. There you go. Uh, okay. Manish writes, yeah. Iron Man 3 is my favorite in that series. Jay, Jay writes Toy Story 3, Philip writes Return of the King, and Amy writes The Last Crusade. Um, Toy Story King, 3 for now. Yes. Toy Story 3 for now. <laughs> yeah. um, what's my favorite third chapter of a trilogy? I think Return of the King is the greatest movie of its type ever made. <laughs> Honestly. It's a high uh, adventure fantasy. Let's see. I gotta think. I don't know. 
everything has a has a like a a, a a rebooted sequel now, so it's hard for me to give an answer. <laughs> but, uh, right, nothing. Well, ever if, it's, if it reboots, if it's not part of the original story, then... well, I mean, right, Poltergeist Three is the last Poltergeist. Well, like, yes. I love Return of the Jedi. Apparently, it's cool to say it's not good anymore for whatever. But I, 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 don't I, know I love Jedi. Yeah, I think well, Jedi's awesome. I've always liked Return of the Jedi. I've, I've never. I, I, I like Jedi. the Ewoks. I, I like Jabba. I like. I like. It's like I like the Ewoks too. It's a great Vietnam metaphor thing. It's fantastic. I like the the that, that final blast. duel with Luke and with Vader and that music. It's like, oh yeah. How could anybody not like that? <laughs> of course. I don't think you walk out of Jedi and be like, well, that, that was. You know, I don't think you walk out of Jedi and be like, yeah, that was whatever. Like, what Jedi? What? <laughs> I don't understand. Bonfire. I, don't, it's I like. Fashion, it's fashionable. Everybody. I like. Uh, Back to the Future Three. Taking it back to its roots, um, making it just about Marty and Doc. And I know, I know. Have a, being a fun western. I know well. Armand Mendelssohn likes that the most of the uh, Back to the Future films. So. That's insane. But, so. uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, what other cinematic character should have a final film allowing that person to retire? Jay writes James Bond, but played by Connery today. Um, Chris writes Mad Max, so we can get another film. Uh, Manish writes Romanoff, as in Natasha. Jason writes Tony Stark. Justin writes Indiana Jones. Maxwell writes Robert Ungland as Freddy Krueger for one or one final film, or with Patrick Stewart for one final film as Captain Picard. And Philip writes Ethan Hunt, go out in a high note. Some of those actually had final films like that in moments, but I get okay. Interesting question. Final film. I do think another Indiana, well... I like Crystal Skulls, too. I wouldn't mind a great last indie movie, but I don't want to see him do it without George Lucas, which sounds like it's what they're doing, so I don't know. That does bug me. That's another conversation, but it's like, I... I guess, yeah. I guess maybe, like, Jason Bourne? <laughs> Finally? Another one? A final, final, final Jason Bourne? A Jason Bourne yeah. that doesn't have flashbacks? Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible. There you go. I feel like it was really. Old I feel like the. They would really be I feel like I got. I got mine. I think mine was Unforgiven. I think. I think Eastwood's like kind of farewell to that character, which is obviously not. It's not the yeah. same character, but I love the. That's a bit of a. That's a bit of a cheat. It's a, well, but but I mean. <laughs> You're right. You could also say the same thing about like you could also use Gran Torino with, with Eastwood as well. Dirty Harry, right? He's almost like dirty. Yeah, but like you know. every character he's played is yeah. yeah Gran Torino is a pretty pretty ideal. Twilight yeah, but I, I both I, I both don't care too much about Gran Torino and don't care too much about his other characters. So. <laughs> oh, Clint was great. He's yeah, he's great in general. But I mean, one I, my, one of my I, I the the work that comes with Unforgiven because I think Unforgiven's his masterpiece. I think that's just perfect. So it's like that's. I thought so. I had a million dog baby is where I got to go with that. Fair enough. The most emotionally gut wrenching movie I've ever seen. Adore it. And the Iwo Jima too. Not that we're talking about Clint Eastwood, but those two are great too. <laughs> Next question here. Favorite modern Western? Justin writes, you know what I'm going to say. I was waiting for when I could mention it. He's referring to Wild Wild West. That's what he's doing. Wow. Um, David writes, Slow West, the 310 to Yuma remake, The Proposition, and The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Casey Affleck. Um, Philip, Academy Award Casey Affleck. Philip writes, is Big, Level, is Big Trouble in Little China modern enough? Um, Chris writes, No Country for Old Men. Jay writes, Rango. Marcus writes, not hell or high water. Uh, Maxwell writes, the assassination of Jesse James and 310 to Yuma. His favorite modern westerns, guys. Jesse James, I would say, is the best of the last like 10 years. If we're saying, if, if, if Unforgiven is still modern, that's the best. But I love that Jesse James movie. 
I mean, I love, I love no country. So I put no country. Yeah, no country. Yeah. That's kind of like, are we no saying country. that's a Western or is it like a neo Well, Western? my question was a modern Western. I think people, you can either yeah. take it as a movie that's a Western made in current times or a movie that's set in modern times because I'm referring to Logan. That's uh, a fine line. Well, I mean, I, I don't mind either answer because I can understand the, the the interpretation of the question. Um, I'm, I'm thinking specifically like modern, like like Logan is, you know, essentially a, a, it's constructed like, as a Western. Like auto- automo- automobiles are not allowed. Yeah, Fury Road is modern. Yeah, it's like it's like a musical version of Stagecoach. Yeah. <laughs> People just say that more. Yeah, DC Fury Road. It's like a musical version of Stagecoach. I love to hear that get spread around. I mean, it's, you know, it's the guys in their fourth yeah. and driving to the next fourth. I mean, it's, you know. I, I see. I feel like I mentioned this every week, but I am a huge fan of the Way of the Gun, so I, I would put that in there as well. Yeah, never seen that. Somebody mentioned that yesterday to me to see that. I've never seen that. That's the guy who wrote. Yeah, if you want to see Christopher Quarry on a budget, <laughs> watch Way of the Gun. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to see Ryan Ryan uh, Ryan Phillippe, you know, be be dark? That's the movie. <laughs> so, he's not that dark in it, but uh, still, he's pretty dark. It's bleak. It's a bleak movie. It's very nihilist. I mean, you could take something like I mean, I would say I mean, going to television like you know, Justified was a modern yeah, western, uh-huh. perfectly done. It had like yeah. every it, while it took place in you know current times, it it had every aspect of being like you know in an eighteen hundreds outlaw black hat white hat. Yeah. Oh wait, Bone Tomahawk. That movie was fantastic. Oh, yeah. that was yep. good. Yeah, terrific movie. And the first half felt just like an old-fashioned western, like completely. A little long. No modern. <laughs> that's my that's my big complaint. I keep saying a little long. A little long. A little long. A little long. But I really, I really like Slow West. I mean, perfect. someone mentioned Slow West. Well, Slow West is a. Didn't see that. Really strong. Fastbender. Fast yeah, Fastbender. Um, uh, Anna is a my lovely girlfriend. She's a very big fan of Slow West as well. Next question. You ever seen what's that one with a? Uh, Meek's cut off. That's good. That yeah, really the Keller Wright card film. Like, yeah, good movie. Next question: Favorite actors who have played the same character many times in a film? Brandon, you had a quite answer here. Hmm. Uh, I had Desmond Llewellyn who playing Q for was it thirty six years and seventeen films? Yeah. Wow. Like, we're never going to see that again. And he also he inadvertently got a great bow out in World Is Not Enough as he lowers down on the... Oh, wasn't that perfect? Yeah. That was perfect, because they died in a car... He didn't die of old age, he died in a car yeah, crash. he would have been back. I would have seen yeah. him in Casino Royale. Or die, or die oh, another yeah. day, I'm sorry. Die another yeah. day. But yeah, that was, you know, perfect. And I mean, all those, like, the original Money Penny and the M uh, from the original James Bond movies, we're never gonna... I mean, we're not gonna see that kind of longevity again. Or we don't know that. Maybe maybe Naomi that, Harris will stick around for... Huh? What'd Maybe Naomi Harris and Ray Fiennes will stick around for oh, the yeah. next 30 years. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, J- Justin writes, Clint Eastwood as Harry or Carrie Fisher as Leia. Jason writes, Ian McKellen as Gandalf or James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Maxwell writes, alongside many others, I'll give special props to Alan Rickman as Snape in the Potter films. But the Harry Potter films, I think, are pretty incredible for having that many movies and having that big of a cast not go away. I mean, there, there's that... Yeah, it was, it was just Gandalf. That was... Sorry. What was the question? Uh, again? Favorite actors who have played the same character in many times, many times in a film. Oh, Lon Chaney Jr., Larry Talbot, done. <laughs> Wolfman, he's fantastic. Uh, Dennis Dennis writes some of the Alien movies are better than others, but Sigourney Weaver is always stunning in them. Jay writes Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and I agree with Rickman as Snape. That cla- that whole cast really. So he emphasizes my point. Uh, Philip writes, Ian McKellen yeah. as both Gandalf and Magneto was tough to beat. Chris writes, does Clint Eastwood playing a cowboy count? If so, Clint Eastwood. Peter Sellers, Clouseau, not bad. Uh, let's see, next question. Who who should take up the role of Wolverine next? Uh, Marcus writes, Tom Hardy. 
Uh, Chris writes, could we say nobody and let a character finish on a high? Jason <laughs> Jason writes, to Gray Scott seems like a safe choice. Uh, <laughs> Justin writes, no one. Uh, Jason adds, actually, my choice is Manu Bennett. Of, uh, what, Spartacus and Arrow, right? He's on Arrow a couple times or something. Yeah, he was uh, Deadshot. Yeah. And oh, and of course, and, and of course, and the Hobbit movies. And of course, yeah, he's a Hobbit movies. Yeah, as a one arm, and um, and and or Rebar Fist. That's what I like to call him. Or of course, um, Death Race twenty fifty. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, Death uh, Race Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and Maxwell writes Zach McGowan. Who's Zach McGowan? <laughs> is that some is that I some show know. I don't watch? Zach McGowan. Let's I gotta look this up. Zach McGowan. Zach McGowan. He was in. Jack McGowan? Zach, no, Zach McGowan. He was he's in the one hundred. Okay, that's why. Yeah. In Black Sales. Okay. Oh I, I know who this guy is. Okay, he's on Black Sales. That that guy. Alright. Alright. Okay, next uh Ed, you guys have any thoughts on who should be Wolverine, by the way? Is that a thing that we're we're quiet about? I hopefully you know, we can get excitement for other characters, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. that's yeah, I'd I'd be along with that because Wolverine's not my favorite X Men, so I uh, no, I love Wolverine, but I've you know, kind of like, like Batman. I've, I, I love them, but I've kind of, you know, I've gotten the best of them. Well, what I feel is like the best of them, and I've gotten a lot of we'll, them. We'll see what you say after so, Matt yeah, Matt right. Reeves the Batman in 2019. Them. We'll see how that goes then. I don't know how that yeah. goes going to be. It could be fine. I don't, I'm just kidding. All right, now we get to our questions that you guys asked us. Uh, so here we go. Justin adds or writes to add on to my question from a few weeks back. Now that the Oscars are done, I have read a lot about Casey Affleck winning the Oscar and Hollywood condoning his behavior. So my question is, should actors be rewarded for the part even if something in their personal life is bad? Basically, should Hollywood turn a blind eye? I think I worded that right. I Yes, you worded that right. Um, okay. That's a heavy question we get to after the fun. <laughs> but, um... It depends on what kind of person you are. Like, whether you can separate the art from the artist. I mean, where... Where was the the hubbub when Roman Polanski won uh, Oscar for The Pianist when, I mean, there was had, just, had just enough time gone by for that? But I don't, I don't know. There's They awarded his performance. Not It wasn't Best Human, that award for one. And when was the votes turned in? Was well, I mean, this wasn't it, something that was new, though. It wasn't presented after the after the Oscar start. It was, I mean, I was reading about this back in last year with uh, Casey Affleck, but, okay. but I, well, I, I mean, mean it, yeah, it, they didn't award best human. They awarded a performance, which, you know, I, I don't know how to, I mean, as a person who's enjoyed can. the films of Woody Allen, I, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, there's well, yeah, just, you, yeah, but that's, 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 you're allowed to make up your own mind and say, I don't, you know, like I don't want individual case by case, but, but you're not, it has to be the art, not the artist, because you never know the whole story. I don't know anything about. See, if I'm not going to like Manchester by the Sea because because Casey Affleck did something that was that was sort of out of not nice, does that mean I have to like every Ron Howard movie because Ron Howard seems really nice and never does anything bad? Is that how we judge whether a movie is good? <clears throat> you know, Roman Polanski. Yes, of course, this awful thing where he had sex with a 13 year old girl. So we say that's a dead, but we say he's a bad person. But then as he tries to see his mother get killed in a concentration camp, then his wife gets killed with an unborn baby by the, by the Manson family. At what point do we say this person is good enough or not good enough for me to allow myself to watch their art? It's got to exist in a vacuum on a certain level. And, and there's people we don't even know stuff about that could be even worse. Yeah, we... <laughs> you don't know, and like, you know, the Casey Affleck did this. 
I mean, you know, the people who want to rush to Judge Woody Allen or don't think he did it, whatever. It's 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 it's, it's always it's, it's it's a desire to paint someone as black or white to, to to deny the fact that we all obviously contain good things and bad things. And the performance that Casey Affleck gave in Manchester by the Sea, which I thought was tremendous, is going to live on digitally long after he's gone and anything he might have done to the world is gone and all it's going to be is a performance and it's a fantastic performance you can't here's the metaphor it's a, it's a strong metaphor but if someone if, if new evidence came out that shakespeare was a pedophile would that suddenly make all his work not good anymore would we say oh we don't like shakespeare anymore of course not that's my answer Sorry, it's, it's a big a, one, but I, it's, a it's, a, it's a scenario that has a lot of layers, and I think what comes from this specifically is that you don't know all the details involving this. Um, something like Mikey example, Mel Gibson. We do. It's not. There's not much of a dispute about the things that he did because they're recorded. Um, it's it's very. It's by the reasons I have problems with Mel Gibson are very evident to me. It's not like I'm just I'm just guessing that this is maybe a thing, um, which is why I'm. It doesn't make him not a talented director. Yeah, it doesn't help that his film is hokey and it came out, you know, it's the it's like it's, it's the only movie he's made in nine years, so they're like, we're just automatically awarding it because it exists as opposed to it's, you know, really, really good. But I, I agree it, with you on that it, one. But he is a, I think he is a talented filmmaker. I agree. I do I think he's talented. Doesn't make you a good person or vice I versa. I hate Hacksaw Ridge. It's more of the awards that it's been, you know, give, or nominated for, maybe, maybe not like it as much, essentially, but... um. I thought he went a little too cornpone. The um, what's his name, the lead actor Garfield. Garfield. Yeah, it's a little hard for me to buy how it was almost like Forrest he's, Gump. He's I better like in Forrest Silence. Gump, but um, but... I haven't seen Silence. I bet you're going to love that. I haven't seen. But that. no, I, there is a kind of a case by case, and even a you know, there's a there's a quote unquote hypocritical way to think of things as far as who you choose to kind of vie for. We've we've answered this question a number of ways over the past few weeks, but I you know it's 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 an interesting topic to discuss. Uh, it's Cosby it's hard to have a not funny anymore just because he's a jerk. His old albums are brilliant. He's a different person. It's 40 years ago. You can't make those early Bill Cosby albums not brilliant any more than you can discuss, d- dismiss the fact that he's obviously a pretty terrible guy. I mean, two well, things. Uh, OJ and the Naked Gun movies. Oh, he's fantastic, right? <laughs> it's... Oh, but you can't I, take away his football career. I mean, that doesn't make it any less that he became this. I mean, there's a, there's a whole there's a there's an Academy Award winning seven hour documentary going into why you can like OJ for that, some reasons. Great. But um, have you guys seen that? That's one of the best things ever. That documentary. Let's get made. to our uh, next question because uh, we're running long. Maxwell asks, "What other popular character or superhero deserves the R-rated treatment in a film in a way that would genuinely enhance the story?" Squirrel Girl. Uh, no. Um, let me think here. Let's see. What? Well, I guess Spawn. How about like a Swamp Spawn thing, like a horror character? Spawn. Yeah. Um, well, wasn't Swamp Thing? Wasn't that R when Wes Craven did Spawn Thing? No, that was PG. It was? No, that was okay. PG. If you did the Alan Moore stories, those could be pretty dark yeah. and wonderful. I'd say Spawn. I mean, honestly, that'd be my answer. I mean, you can. But that, that was R. No, it was PG thirteen. Was it? Yeah. Walked out of that movie. Boy, boy. We did. A, we did <laughs> a commentary. Uh... You can check that one out. <laughs> so you can do. <laughs> Do Lobo. Lobo, yeah. That's I guess true. you could... I mean, they tried of Ghost Rider. You could try to go for that third time of Ghost Rider and see what happens. I mean, yeah. If they were to do Daredevil again for the big screen... But the TV I show mean, is yeah, basically it's, rated yeah, R. It's, yeah, it's doing it already. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Let's, uh... How's that now? Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's, uh, let's move on now. It is, um... It's now time... What time is it? It is time... To get right into, here they come. It is time for games.
Yes, yes. That is, of course, the imp- oh, that was the improv theme for games, Logan Edition. And this week, I have a game for you guys. It is called Hugh Jacked Man. <laughs> and that clever pun right. is bleed into the game, Hugh Jacked Man. Based, so I'm going to list a number of muscly movie stars, and you have to tell me what you think is their highest grossing film domestic. Not No inflation. Oh. So I'm going to list a number of movie stars here that are all you know known for action movies. And you have to tell me what you think is their highest grossing film. Um, no inflation. No inflation, yeah. You said. Uh, there's some okay. special circumstances, but we'll get to that just because of ensemble things. But here we go. First one, Hugh Jackman. What is Hugh Jackman's highest grossing film? Uh, just domestic? Just domestic, yes. Uh, it, uh, X-Men The Last Stand. Brandon? I'm going to say Days of Future Past. Brandon, you got it. It is actually X-Men The Last Stand. That is the highest grossing wow. Hugh Jackman film domestically. Here we go. Next one. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, his highest grossing movie. Okay. Terminator 2? Brandon? Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, let's say True Lies. It is actually Terminator 2 Judgment Day. $204 million. Okay. Which seems low, but it's like, but that was like ninety, so that's really high. But like, right, but yeah. still, it's like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, two hundred four. You're both on the board. When yeah. you get one right, that means you get to come back to an episode eventually, Ansi. So good job on that. That's, <laughs> but you mean eventually, eventually yeah? Like, but but, but you, but you, you didn't yeah. go over nothing. So here we go. Next one, Sylvester right. Stallone. Oh, highest grossing Stallone movie. I bet you it's like Cliffhanger. Brandon? Creed. Oh. It is Rambo First Blood Part 2. That was what, oh, man. I was I like, wait. You. It might have been huge for then, but not. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I was. That was what I wanted mm-hmm. to go with. Nope. But, yeah, then, Ram- yeah. but I don't get points Rambo for that. Rambo colon First Blood Part 2. What a, what a fun title that is, by the way, guys. <laughs> That, the, the titling of the Rambos, man. Yeah, you got to go like all first... over the video store to find that series, man. <laughs> yeah. First Blood, Rambo First Blood Part 2, Rambo 3, Rambo. <laughs> and, I would and then John Rambo, director's yeah. cut. Sixth Blood. That would be so wonderful, <laughs> wouldn't it? The next one was called Sixth Blood. <laughs> Here's the next one. John Claude Van Damme. Oh. I'll say this right now. This is the lowest one of all these numbers. Rambo, Rambo, oh, Rambo yeah. First Blood Part 2 was $150 million, by the way. I'm going to guess the uh, Time Cop. Sudden Death. It is Time Cop with $44 million. Oh. $44. Oh, I think Sudden Death is... It's either Sudden Death or Street Fighter, but I think Sudden Death is like 30-something. Not... I didn't even think about Street Fighter. Wow. Not okay. high. Time Cop. No, hit, Van Damme didn't gross. Being a real star. Yeah. His movies just didn't cost a lot. They were really profitable. That was the thing. The next one. Carl Weathers. Oh, it's a trick, right? Because it's like the Predator or something. I'm still going to say Rocky Four. Yeah, it Rocky is Rocky Four. You're That's right. Saying. 127. <laughs> Predator didn't make that much, guys. Predator's like like 54 domestic. Like it's not it's not high, which I was surprised by. Right. Okay, here's the next one. Might be obvious. Vin Diesel. The last one. Yes, seven. you're both right. <laughs> you're the last one. That's yeah. exactly correct. <laughs> Could have been referring to Triple X. That was uh... <laughs> the last Triple X movie. 
no, worldwide. No. I don't know. He's making money. <laughs> no, it's not gonna make up. What if Triple X made one point five billion in Tide Fury Seven because of international gross? <laughs> Here's the next one. There's two answers for this. One, if you think of it, but I'm counting. I'm counting this more as the one he's the lead of. Kurt Russell. Oh, there's two if you think of it. So he's in the he's in the background of another movie that's bigger. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the same one. Kurt Fast and Furious. Yeah, that's the one answer. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. That's the one. But what's the, okay? So what do you what do you yeah. think is his? Big... I'll be safe. I'll go Furious. Yeah. <laughs> what that's all, yes. I this, this it's kind it's oh, kind of a one. trick. What but but what do you think? Kurt, so what do you think? <laughs> non Furious Seven is Kurt Russell's highest grossing movie. Or Tombstone or something. Uh. <sighs> what do you think? Stargate? It is Backdraft. Oh! No. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. That was a big sort of yeah. hit. Ron Howard, he's likable. <laughs> it's where Kurt Russell debuted his eyeliner yeah. that he's been wearing ever since. I think I wrote this one down wrong. Hold on, let me... Or no, no, I know what it is. Okay, I do it. I see what I did. Wesley Snipes. The biggest Wesley Snipes movie. And I'll say he led. Wesley Snipes led. Actually, no, he's not. I don't think Expendables 3 was even in. Yeah, no, so. Yeah, biggest. No, that movie. Yeah, it didn't do well, so never mind. Wesley Snipes. Uh, uh, Blade 2? Demolition Man. It is Blade 2 with 82 million. Oh, good. It's better. <laughs> Next one. Jason Statham. Furious Seven. Yeah, again, yeah, I'm not okay. counting Furious Seven. <laughs> I know. What do you mean? It's the right. It is. Answer. It is technically the right answer. And even the second one's a bit. But what do you think? First Expendables, maybe. Um, I will go with uh, Expendables Two. It is. It is Spy. With Melissa oh. McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Or you could say, uh, isn't any collateral for a second at the beginning? Yeah, but that didn't make $110 million. <laughs> so, I think they made like 99 or something like that. Like it made some, like some exact yeah. number. Um, Keanu Reeves. The Matrix. The Matrix no. Reloaded. Yeah, Matrix Reloaded. Matrix Reloaded is correct. 281. I stole that from right. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. And yes, I'm not counting. I'm not Fury counting. It's a bit because they're all indies, so it's like. But yeah, <laughs> none of your fake facts. These are true yeah, facts. Yeah, so not besides Furious Seven. Moana. No. Oh! Brandon. Uh, oh, I have to. Yeah. Um. It's probably it is Moana. Moana. Yeah, but it, I'm not it's Moana. Pick it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I just. I'll just pass. I, no, I, 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 I don't want. I don't want to make you think it's not Moana by giving you an option. Is Moana? Yeah. Here's the next one. Mark Wahlberg. Transformers. Transformers uh, that, yeah, you, yeah, both, you both got it. I was surprised. I, thought, I was thinking. I was thinking there was a there was a chance you might have missed it, but oh yeah, it's Transformers. Next one, Bruce Willis. Apocalypse or Armageddon. Um. Yeah. Uh. Crap. What do you think? Oh man, I'm. 
And then I buzzed out. Uh, give me something. Yeah, um, I just go. Six cents is right. <laughs> Armageddon's a good guess. It made a lot, but Six Sense came out a year later. They, Sixth you know, Sense, became a, a huge hit. Two hundred ninety-three million dollars. I was and trying to think of something like Armageddon too. Here's the ne- here's the next one. Patrick Swayze. Oh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh... I don't yeah, think it's... he was ever in a bigger hit than that. Ghost. Ghost is correct. Two seventeen. Oh, you didn't give me a chance to steal <laughs> his answer. <laughs> and the last one, Jackie Chan. Rush Hour Two. Rush, Rush yeah. Hour Two is correct. Two twenty six. Uh, I was going to do Seagal, but he has no records at Box Office Mojo, which made me laugh. <laughs> like they really? It's probably under it's, siege. It's probably, yeah, it's got to be under siege, yeah. but it, it just it, it humored me that Steven Seagal has no section for him, opposed to every other one of these actors. <laughs> you can look up his movies, but you can't can't look up him. He doesn't want... He, you don't need to know that. <laughs> count, the, count the score here. I think we're both coming back a lot, it sounds uh-huh, like. But it looks like, Brandon, you took first place this round with uh, 10... 10 over, over Yancey's 8. So, uh, good job, Brandon. You won this week's games. Awesome. Uh, can't wait to see the good, prize. Good, uh, good effort, though, Yancey. First time on the show. Good effort. Thank you. All right. Thank let's, you. Uh, let's move on now. Let's get to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. And speaking of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, we have Moana. Moana. I actually haven't seen that. Is it good? I'm quite sure good, it's good, yeah. right? Yeah. Did you that yet, Brandon? You got that in the mail? I, I have it. I should be posting my review. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. should be up Monday, so it up. All right. it'll be up. Very cool. I'm looking forward to checking that one again on a Blu-ray. Um, speaking of things I really liked, actually, Jackie arrives on Blu-ray this week. I'm reviewing that one, too. <laughs> so, um, I need to see that one. I didn't. I really like Jackie. I thought it was very uh, well done and different for a biopic, which I always encourage. Is it a good blind buy-worthy thing? Or? Huh. Um... I'm guessing that I haven't seen it, but it sounds. I'm like a huge Natalie Portman fan. Oh too, yeah, so. was, yeah. Jackie's Jack, okay, a good yeah, one, Jack, I would say. The score is really haunting in a good way. She did under the skin. Yeah, Mika Mika Levy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. okay. Rightly oh, yeah. nominated for best score. Um, yeah. Incarnate. This movie of Tom Jane that came out for like a week in December and is now in, on Blu-ray. So yes, <laughs> that exists. Um. Let's see, Trespass Against Us. This is a thing with Michael Fassbender and Brendan Gleeson that I have no idea what it is, but it's out now. So there you go. It has those two, so I'd imagine it can't be that bad, even though you've never heard of it before. But, um, let's see, <laughs> The Eyes of My Mother. I've heard great things about this as a horror film. Have, I think I have a screener of it, actually, too. Uh, I should probably do that. Uh, Tana. This was up for Best Foreign Film. I have not seen it yet, but it's now out on Blu-ray. Uh, Man Down. This was with uh, Shia LaBeouf. He plays some mm-hmm. kind of cop or something, I think. And uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Forty-five years. Uh, Criterion Collection release. Um, Great movie. What's amazing, the actress's name? She was up for. Movie. She was up for an Oscar, wasn't she? Uh, Charlotte Char- 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 Rampling. Did she get nominated? Right. Mm-hmm. Last, last year. I know, yeah, last year. Yeah. yeah. That is a haunting movie, man. Why can't Logan be like that? <laughs> if it had that same ending, that'd be something. Um, That's an ending, man. That's the kind of ending. You know, I another like. thing about Logan that I don't I, that I that I liked. 
uh, no romantic entanglements. No, like, oh, Gene, where's Gene? Oh, it, no. just, it, stripped, it took That's that true. away. It was like, finally, we could just get to Logan. Um, and lastly, and Brandon, you reviewed this film. Colors is on Blu-ray this week. Yes! Sean, Colors. Uh, Colors. What, uh, Dennis Hopper directed um, Colors? with? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dennis Hopper um, with Duvall and Sean Penn and Maria Cachito Alonso. So uh, really uh, interesting to look at it in today's light. <laughs> you know, seeing it, how we feel. Sure. about modern climate and stuff so that's but, uh that's up you did not mention masterpiece blake edwards sob coming from warner oh, archives cool. blake edwards greatest movie coming out on the tuesday as well all right i try to get as many as i can on this list uh, <laughs> let's see uh that's how now presents us out now these are uh, now for extremely cool these are things that are now on uh, netflix that we can or streaming in some way that we could uh Make note of, I saw Hands of Stone featuring Usher is now on Netflix, so I'm sure we can finally uh, wrap our heads around that one. And uh, The Waterboy <laughs> is on Netflix now, which I felt like pointing out for some reason. I saw that. There's our commentary. <laughs> you, don't get the, you don't get the Star Wars trailer, though. Uh, the <laughs> Wasn't that the movie that made all that money because the Star Wars trailer was attached Wing to Commander. Wing Commander, yeah. That, 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 that did, too. I think and Meet Joe Black, Black for sure. I know that, yeah. 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 Um, also on Netflix, uh, Amy Schumer and Mike Birbiglia both have new stand-up specials that are now on Netflix. Because Netflix has just become this hub for stand-up specials, which is pretty cool, actually, I'd say. So. That's a, no, yeah. it's very cool. Uh, so that's happening. And uh, Okay, so that's extremely cool. Next week, next week's show, we are doing Kong, colon, Skull Island, um, which I am very much looking forward to. I'm a big King Kong fan, and I know um, I know for a fact that a friend of the show, Jay Cullet, um is going to be on the on the podcast for Kong, so that should be exciting too. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's one the one that I, I'm really happy, to, I'm really excited to see. So I can. Me too, me too, excited for Kong. And uh, last thing we do here: what should people see now, and what do you plan to see next? Brandon Peters, what should people go and see in theaters right now? Uh, Get Out or Logan, and I'm going to Kong Skull Island next. Nancy, what should people see in theaters right now? Oh, gosh. John Wick 2. If it's still available. And I'm seeing Kong Skull Island on Tuesday. And I'm sure the same as with you guys. Looking forward to it. I am, uh, I, I would say, yeah, Get Out, which did a, a did, did shockingly well in its second weekend, given that you have a massive blockbuster out mm-hmm. and it's an R-rated horror film. It still made like $26 million, which is great. Because Get Out's... Yeah, it did not yeah, plummet. Get Out is great, very yeah. good. And I would say see that. Logan and uh, Moonlight went like expanded back into like a 1500 theaters after coming out on Blu-ray last week. So if you haven't seen best, the true best picture winner Moonlight, uh, go see it because it's very, very good. Yeah, it is great. Yeah. Moonlight and is yeah, I, yeah. magnificent. And I, I am seeing Kong on Tuesday as well. And my dad will be with me cause he's also a big King Kong fan. So we'll get a dad's uh, movie corner on the podcast next week also. Um, great. and so with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of out now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews there, as well as on ysublue.com for Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Brandon Peters, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, Cult Cinema Cavalcades, my podcast, uh, uh, at CC Cavalcade, where um, our next episode will be the 1976 King Kong. Oh, boy. Um, probably of, <laughs> of, the, of the remakey ones, it's probably the most divisive and... We're just going to go back, take a look at that in preparation for Cog Skull Island. And you can find my uh, Blu-ray reviews over at YSOBlue.com. Nancy Burns, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, like you said, just uh, go to Milky Way Blue at uh, blogspot.com. I got some stuff up there. Otherwise, uh, under the radar. 
You can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Out There, and Name on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. You can feel free to check out our older shows over at uh, hhwlod.com um, or uh, outnow.podomatic.com. You can feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Logan and anything else we talked about today. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can also send us plenty of gifts of Wolverine aging and snicting people over the years at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. So, uh, Brandon, Yancey, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thank you. This is great. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. So until next time we find out who is the true king of Skull Island, that's going to do it. So until then, so long and goodbye. There's a man going around taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, 100 million angels singing, multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree to kick against the pricks. Or, or, like, or just his first movie, where they call you Wheels, and that, Wheels, yeah. Which I, which I have, I have never stopped calling him Wheels anytime I talk. I think professor. <laughs> my check-in on Facebook was was about Wheels. Like I, I love, I love the idea that he'd be called Wheels.